How's it going, everybody? I'm your host, Root by Root. With me, my co-host, Dick Tracy, a.k.a. Shabzi. What's up? Welcome to The Red Chill, your weekly podcast for everything movies, TVs, and everything in between. Welcome to episode four of Endor Recapped and Reviewed, where we're going to recap and review the entire episode and go scene by scene, giving a full breakdown of our thoughts. Before that, yes, sir. what we're going to do is just give our overall spoiler-free thoughts on the episode and discuss a couple of the themes that we feel like came up in this. So Shabsi, what, what were your overall thoughts on this episode? So right before I talk about my overall thoughts, the first thing I want to mention is that um, the biggest thing is like, this is the first episode that we are actually watching of Endor, which is separate from everything else. So, so yep. far, we even though we reviewed each episode one by one, we watched all of Andor content all at once. And now this is the first viewing of waiting a week, having just one episode and trying to judge it based on whether it's sufficient to do just one episode. Will it be enough? How will it carry on from a three episode premiere? And so a lot of the thoughts are based on that as well. Yeah, what did you think overall as a standalone I, I, episode compared to having three at one go? I absolutely loved it. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was uh, like it, it stood on its own. But here are some of the things that I noted. The first thing I realized was that this episode almost felt like a first episode of a season two. And I think we discussed in the ep uh, review of episode three that that almost felt like the end of season one, as opposed to the end of a random episode three in like a nine or a ten, whatever, how many episodes this is going to be. And I was saying that I was hoping it was going to be this, where after the first three episodes, like because it felt like we had a climax and an end to that section, that like we would get something completely new and the beginning of a whole new adventure, it feels like. And... Right. Yeah, I agree. I, I totally loved it. And uh, it was exactly what I was hoping for. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm totally with you on that. And, and also, uh, but another thing that I just took a quick note of was that how, the fact that we were discussing that whether one episode will be enough to like keep you engaged and keep you wanting more as opposed to like watching like an hour and a half of content altogether. I went back and did a quick uh, timestamp check. So the first episode was 39. The second was 35. The third was 40. And now the fourth is 45. So clearly they've like at least in one or uh, in one between episode two and episode four, there's been a 10 minute increase in the episode length. And uh, I think that was just enough. And that's kind of what I suggested that having seen all this, that maybe instead of doing three episodes, they could have done like two 45 minute episodes. And, and it, it yeah, but, but I, I, I think that's a question we'll get into more once we're done with the whole review and we can like judge yeah. accordingly. Yeah. And uh, I think also this was another episode that was overall, um, you could call it talky, but I am completely down with it now where, um, on episode two, I was 
still wondering if it's worth it. Is this too slow? Is this not enough? Where in this episode, there wasn't really any action, but I was completely taken by it. I was fully invested and it had me wanting more, but also I also was completely okay with having this one episode because it ends on such a high and it does one of my favorite things in heist movies specifically where it, it just leaves me like I, I'm just ready to see now where this goes, you know, and what will happen next. So loved it. You know, it's, it's amazing that you know, that you said that this episode, like I honestly didn't even think about that. And that's something like I brought up so many times in episode two. And I even wrote a note again to remind myself of like, was episode, was episode two too tedious or not? Yeah. And this time I actually, it didn't even, now that I think about it, you're right. There was no action scenes. All of the scenes were just people talking to each other. But I was, and I think one of the things about that is that episode two, they were all still in the same place with the same characters, with the same people, with like a True. kind for a tiny new introduction to Talon Skarsgård. But other than that, they were just all in the same place in this dire, depressing place. And now we're like introduced to like so many different types of places and people that I think that kept me so engaged that I, I honestly didn't even realize that. And this episode being 10 minutes longer than episode two, it should have felt its length where it actually didn't. So like, yeah, I, I guess true. like subconsciously, I, I, I didn't, uh, I just, I appreciated the pacing and, and uh, yeah. No, definitely the different locations helped a lot. And also I think this time the stakes were there are like clear and ready. And the, there was a momentum to everything that was happening versus episode two was a little bit more like, we don't know actually what's going on and we're just getting to know these characters. So yeah, it was really cool to see. I agree. And, and um here's a here's a fun fact that i wanted to uh just just that i that i'm uh noticed again and i and i forgot to mention this when i saw in episode one that episode the ep the show is created and written by a guy named tony gilroy yeah uh, i didn't know who that was and the first thought that went through my mind was is he related to dan gilroy the guy who directed nightcrawler okay is he? And uh, so, uh, and I then completely forgot about that. And then when this episode ended, it said directed by Dan Gilroy. So I was like, oh, let me go check if, so Dan Gilroy is apparently the younger brother of Tony Gilroy. Oh, cool. And, and I was like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. So, cause it, it's, so yeah. This was directed by Dan Gilroy. I didn't even know yeah. Yeah. So the guy who did Nightcrawler, that explains a lot. Exactly. I was just going to say that, that a lot of the shots and the way the scenes move and like the slow moving long shots. Also like, the suspense uh, of like, yes, it, it, there's not even, it's suspenseful just by the way of the, how the people yeah. are talking to each other. And like, it's, yeah, it's, it was kind of crazy that it's so many times I, I thought to myself, like, this is, especially for Star Wars, I was like, this feels so different and I kind of like it. All right. Exactly. So, and it was showing a lot of things that like, I hadn't like, I don't think we've seen as much in live action Star Wars. We're like mm -hmm. really cool to see where like 
yeah. it's expanding the world in really interesting areas. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And yeah, so I thought that was a fun little nugget. And and then I obviously had to check who directed the first three episodes. And it's by a guy named Toby Haynes. Okay. And I thought I recognized that. And then I went and checked the only thing that I recognized him from that he directed uh, one of my favorite episodes of Black Mirror called USS Callister. I don't know oh, if nice. you remember that one. Yeah, I know the, the, the right? Star Trek copy. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Nice. <laughs> so I thought that was a pretty cool thing. Yeah, he did something like that, and now he's doing, he did the first three episodes. Yeah, I have to say the look of this episode was immaculate. There's only yes. one shot that I'm going to mention later, where it was kind yeah. of like, the, the CGI was a bit, take, took me out of it because everything else was so perfect. Mm. But, but I was also, I think it was more like a design choice more than the CGI. But yeah, like all the different environments, like like the... Yeah, it, it looked incredible. Like I, the whole time I was thinking like, this looks like straight up, it looks like a big budget movie, yeah. but the way it's paced, it feels like they don't make that anymore. Like I couldn't right. go into a cinema and get to see something that looks this expensive, but is such a character piece. I, I don't know. Right. It's very cool to see where I was like, you, like even a Netflix movie wouldn't like, you may might be get some like might be able to get something that's as much based on the characters, but like the look of the show is just yeah on another level. I agree. I completely agree. It, it, all the shots like it completely takes you out, and it and and I think I know with with scene you're talking about that stood out because I made an. I, I'm pretty sure we're on the same page, but we'll discuss it when we discuss it. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I mean, I, I made sure, I, and I was thinking maybe I shouldn't talk about this, but. But I was, now that you it's mentioned it, I was like, I'm definitely, we will, we will talk about it. And I, and I want to ask, and I wanted to ask like why, what their, what their re logic behind that would be, because so far we've seen them be fully formidable at how they're, they've shown every single kind of scene. So I'm pretty yeah. sure that was by design, like you said. Exactly. Because it yeah, stood yeah. out so we, much because yeah. everything else was so perfect. Exactly. Where yeah, suddenly yeah. it was just like. Oh, you're talking are you about back it. in the prequel era? Now? Yeah, don't, don't, don't. But yeah, that was, I was, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So, so that was a fun little nugget. And, um, and then some of the themes that I noticed were obviously there is a, there is a big theme of, uh, self-sacrifice for like the greater good versus the self-interest and survival. Okay. Right. And then there's some like, uh, comparisons of like how different kind of teams function from like, uh, which we'll, which we'll get into more later. We'll just, we'll just mention these things and then we'll get into it as they come along during the scenes. Okay. Right. And, um, like how people, um, how, like how committee functions and how everyone interacts within it and, uh, and, and like a chain of command and, and what are the differences between, uh, our characters of like, uh, of one kind of class and another kind of class. And then yeah, some, some totally similar, yeah, some similarities between, uh, Cass and, uh, my boy, Cyril Karn. And, uh, some differences in social classes. Right. And then, uh, yeah. All right. Well, 
well, how about we give it a rating and then we can get into the right. spoiler section of our pod. I agree. So out of one to 10, what would you give it? I will give it an 8.9. <laughs> See, I, I was like, I was almost giving it nine, but I was, I'm, I was between an 8.5 and a nine. I was like thinking right. 8.5 because it was the, it was either the beginning or mid, like up to a middle section of a story, depending. I don't know what they're going to do next episode. If their, their payoff is already going to come or if there's like more to the setup of what's going to happen next. Um, but like, I, that's why I was thinking maybe I go 8.5, but at the same time for what it was for not having action for being so spell binding. Like, I, I mean, I really was like at the beginning, I actually, uh, when I put it on at first, I was like kind of distracted and it took me a second, but like, I, even after the first scene, I was like, oh shit, I, I went back a little bit and rewatched it and I was like, and I was in like yeah. all the way through where I didn't even feel the time, like you said. So I think yeah. I would, for now, I think I would give it a night. Let's see oh, if shit. I Damn. change my mind after the, after we go through yeah. it scene by scene. But, uh, yeah, I think this is another amazing episode. I think it was as much fun to watch as episode three. And it didn't even have that giant action scene. That was like right. half of the episode for episode three. And it wasn't right. even a, like a payoff or something, anything like that. It was, like we said, it felt almost like a completely fresh start. And yeah. it was, yeah, I don't know. I, was, I had a really good time with it. I agree. But, it, it, it got my juices flowing. <laughs> no, like, 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 and from, from, from a point of view of like, like having watched three episodes at the same time in just this one location. And everything's dire and like even though it was really good i was just like okay what's next right what what, what are we going to do from here it and and now just this like it just felt like this fresh new thing where i'm like interested in the characters i'm like i'm like interested in where the story is going to go where where these things and knowing where obviously cassian ends up like much later on i'm just i'm just interested in all these other characters which i didn't think it would happen like because i don't i don't care anymore about anything you know in life and <laughs> now suddenly i'm like watching this and i'm like oh dude i, I can't wait to see what karn's up to now i can't wait to see what what Luthan's up to now and, and all these other new people and yeah, and yeah also excited to see where the show goes like after yeah. it does such a hard turn after three episodes where it's right. uh, like so fresh feeling and we have yeah. 12 episodes of the show uh excited Ooh. to see what all could happen next and yeah, I think our verdict in the end, I think you agree, is totally works as a weekly episode show. Yes, yes, I agree. You know, if this is the quality we're going to get, yeah. totally down with it. And it totally had me wanting more, but also not feeling like I didn't get enough. Right, I agree. But, okay, so that's our spoiler-free section. Let us now go yeah. scene by scene into the recap and get into the proper spoilers. Let's do it. Away. All right. So we're going to start with, I just wanted to mention one small thing about uh, last week's recap that two things actually, I just forgot to mention. One was that, and which will come into play later on in this. That's why I wanted to just quickly mention that. One was that the character of Cyril, 
Karn was yeah. I felt that it was so well written out of like uh, in out of all the other characters that it was like you could sort of piece together what he, like who he might be as a person like and that's what we were doing we were like always like uh, discussing like how wh what kind of a person is he what is he feeling and like you could sort of piece together like his backstory and like you know and and I sort of I I went forward with that when later on his scene comes and uh, also and I and, and I assumed his backstory a little bit and we we'll talk about that yeah uh, for having such a small part in this episode and like one line very memorable moved yes. like progresses characters so much a lot of this uh, yes. episode was really like expanding characters even more on the level where it's like yeah. holy shit like they yeah. did, did that so slowly in the first three episodes where it's here like from the very first scene and like every conversation just yeah. makes every character deeper and gives it more layers and you're just like wow okay i'm totally down there's every time there's something new where you're just like okay that's that's actually a cool cool angle i, I totally agree with that and uh and the and the MacGuffin or stuff set up. I don't know if people know what that is. It's a plot device that moves the thing along that everyone has to look for, which was the Star Path unit that uh, Cassian and Luthen uh, couldn't uh, get it from when they started fight when they started the fight in that warehouse place. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So so once that happened, uh, like um, everybody, like for people, that's the MacGuffin that was set up. That I'm sure. We will bring our characters back to Andor because that was uh, to Mar Marlon, Marloni, Marlon, Marlana, I think. Marlana, 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 Marlana. Because <laughs> because <laughs> uh, yeah. I kept wondering this whole episode was that was all that sort of uh, characterization for the other characters that Marlana required because we because we really like went deep into their characters and felt so much emotion for them and then it's like. Uh, but I'm sure because of the MacGuffin, uh, that comes into play later where we'll get into it. So there are several seasons of the show, so they just set it up mm -hmm. that whenever they use them, they're ready. Right. They're just like a loaded gun where they're fully set up. And when they want to use them, right. we all are going to be on board. But but in terms of just like basing it on, on just one season and episode by episode, I, I, really, I really hope that they go back to it within the season because you can't make audiences spend so much time with characters that mean so little within the story that you're trying to tell, which is season one. Because then those characters could be developed if they're introduced later on in seasons. And it's up to the writers to develop them during those episodes and not like waste the audience's time with all this. Because, uh, yeah, my that, ideal that's outcome, my opinion on it. My, my ideal outcome would be since there's 12 episodes, the first arc was three. So mm. I feel like they could do three, diff four different arcs in it. Uh, right. It would be cool if we get this new arc and we get one more and then the final three episodes is the first three arcs all coming together where they all mm. interconnect. Climax of all three. Where it's, you find, it all makes sense where at first it feels right. kind of like Alice down the rabbit hole and you're just like, mm. wow, what? Okay, we're complete. It's completely flipped again after like mm -hmm. three episodes or something like that and you're like right. okay i don't know where we're going I, like that's where i kind of like i feel like they're trying to bring in the 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 spy angle that way where like nothing right. you don't know who's who nothing is right. what it seems you don't know what the show is you don't know what's going to happen next it leaves the audience guessing 
And it would be right. really just a great payoff just to be at the end. Like, oh, you know, it seemed like it was all very random. Right. But in the end, it all actually interconnected and made sense. And I have a pretty cool analogy for that. You could look at the three acts as the, uh, the three arcs of three episodes each as the as uh, the three acts in like Pulp Fiction. Where you have like three separate stories that are told yeah. separately and then it all comes together. Yeah. Which I mean, obviously it has been done in a lot of other things. But, I but uh, how often right? has it been done where it's not intercut? Where you're not right. seeing the, like, how often is it where you see three completely different stories in a sense? Like it's not really a completely different story, but it the the tone and energy and the the, right. the push of the the whole show has kind of changed in a way. So yeah, that I agree. So yeah, it, it would be cool if if they did that, or if they or if they just do it in like a in like a normal way where where at least they have some kind of um, at least pay off to those characters, like where where we should. Because if, if they're not, I mean, obviously they will, but all right, we, we, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. All right, here we go. <laughs> so we start with, um, the first scene is uh, with Cass and Luthen in their spaceship. And uh, it was really cool to see the spaceship going to hy hyperdrive, warp drive. I, I, I forget which is the correct, correct one. <laughs> It's hyperdrive, hyperspeed, light speed. Oh right, right, right. Hyperspeed, hyperspeed. That's the one. And um, now you confused me as well. Right? <laughs> Actually, I think it's hyperdrive. Uh, but yeah, I think it's light and speed. isn't it? No, no, light light speed is for like in in our terms, but like in Star Wars terms. Okay. I know, I know. There's one for Star Wars and one for Star Trek. I should and, know this, and, but and like. Yeah, that's why I asked you. You threw me a, 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 like a curveball with that warp drive. <laughs> warp drive. Right, but, but yeah, uh, and uh, in this, I love how like every time like you see like, like Cass, whenever he's walking around the spaceship, everything feels like foreign and new and alien to him, where he's just never, even though he's been alive all this time, it, it always goes back to like that, that his, his first time when he was a kid in the new spaceship. And then he's like totally baffled by like hype hyperspeed. And uh, it was really cool to see like the hyperspeed perspective from like the, from like inside. I, I don't think we've seen that where you're in the middle of hyperspeed and, and you just sort of, you will, you always seen it like start and then, and then wherever it exits. Seen. I think we've seen, you've seen it. it. Okay. All right. So. I'm not, I, I'm not even sure anymore about all these <laughs> things, but okay. So they're talking about, they have like a really good dialogue about like their perspective and differences on like the opinions of the rebellions and, um, uh, Cass mentions a bunch of them and Luthen mentions a bunch of them and they're both I, saying, yeah, isn't it all the same thing? Yes, we're going. I like the, before we get into the conversation before that with the ship, I like the fact that Cassian was like, I've flown a ship like this, but. I've never seen one mm. do that and go do go this fast. Right. So like, yeah. it's some like special ship that he, right. like Luthen is riding over there. Yeah, like, and that's a cool thing uh, to notice is that all this kind of like weird space technology, future technology exists, but it's still like there's still a difference between the technology that exists for like poor people and technology that exists for like 
like really expensive shit that can do like like it's not that like technology or no technology where where if you have tech tech then it can then all all spaceships can do that but it's like there's the cheap kind of spaceship also you know within this universe <laughs> well it's either that i totally think those themes were being played with in this episode but it's either that or that luthan customized this ship kind of like how mandalorian got his customization mm. where like he's a, you know he he's obviously playing having like a double life and we don't know everything about him but right. maybe it's just like you know he uses the ship for his special missions mm. we don't know yeah that's true and uh and yeah they're they're just talking about like the difference between how once uh uh, one wants to fight and one wants to survive which is what we talked about about uh self-sacrifice for the greater good versus especially knowing that casts how he ends up in rogue one so we 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 know that that's going to be his character arc even for this where he starts off with just stealing shit just to get away from this and just to he's always in debt and he's always looking for survival and then uh the best thing happens where it's something you kept mentioning throughout the first three episodes and uh Cass is telling Luthen, I fought in Mimbin when I was 16 and there was only 50 of us who were left out of like a lot of people and Luthen immediately calls him out online and says uh you entered as a cook and you lived because he ran yeah. and I immediately thought of what you kept saying you're like is he always telling the truth like he's he, especially with how he stole the Starpath unit and uh, yeah maybe you want to elaborate on that <laughs> yeah no i think it, it's again playing on those themes like we don't know anything if anything these people are saying is true if we, i think luthan is trying very hard in this episode to make us the audience and and or like believe that like okay he's not full of shit but at the same time mm. who knows you know and I, right. I i like that it's it just keeps playing with that where yeah they haven't really made it clear yet in terms of like the story hasn't needed the fact that everybody's not really who they are but right. um you know it, it's letting you know that it's coming so yeah and uh i, I thought that was a, a little similarity that i i kind of drew between um him and karn serial karn where they have this facade and and this sort of that this persona that they're trying to portray of being like harder or more like badass and like you know i can survive on my own that that type of thing but then um as we are getting to know more and more that they 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 they're probably not just lying to other people but they may they may even believe it themselves yeah right okay and then uh we get on to how luthan starts explaining about their shared hatred for the empire and why even though the conclusion is going to be the same he says that regardless of what you steal they're going to hang you with the same rope and um and and then he he sort of gives his offer that isn't it better to fight for something greater than to keep running until they've catch you and and cast sort of like no it's better to live and and um Luthen sort of gives him the proposal of like we're going to steal we're going to be stealing an imperial payroll and offers Cass, I think, two hundred thousand credits uh, for it, and Cass uh, accepts. 
I like that before at the very beginning, Cass was just like, I am just taking the right. I'm going to get out of here. You're oh, yeah. crazy. <laughs> I don't know who you are. I'm I, like, what is this ship? Screw all of this. I'm getting out. And then Stellan Starsky starts just killing it as he always does, where I think he's amazing in this episode. Again, he is, he is so great. Like, I was th thinking when I was watching him, I was like, it's so great that we can have actors like this on in TV shows now where he brings and in such a Star a Wars TV show. Yeah, exactly. It's like, wow. Like he fits so well into this universe, even though it's like a whole new section of it that feels really new and fresh. But wow. Every time, every scene in this episode <clears throat> makes you just want to know more about what is he all about. And yeah. When he is, like I was saying, when he is trying to convince Cass, it feels like he's trying to convince us, the audience as well. And because right. he's so good, you do. And then later on, you see the other scenes and you're again like, holy shit, okay, I thought we can trust him, but like, can we now? And then like, right. it keeps flip-flopping and I love it. So good. I agree. I totally agree. And uh, what I wanted to mention about this scene was that it it's so like great that like this is like the ma like the subject matter is pretty dark and adult and it keeps I keep comparing it to Rogue One because that was like some of the biggest people like if people were trying to defend Rogue One they would always say like oh you just didn't like it because Star Wars tried to be serious and it tried to be like a gritty war drama but the problems with that was that the characters all fell flat and at the moment I saw this one scene I was like my God I've seen Cassian and Luthen two basically new characters in like two scenes together and they already have so much more chemistry and charisma than like than Cass had in like the whole movie with the girl like I don't even remember her name like that's how boring she was and everything was just like depressing and and this is all depressing and it's dark like it's way darker than Rogue One but the way they like the 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 dialogue has like like energy and like weight to it and the way like they deliver the lines i just wanted to really mention that that it, it it's so much better than all the characters feel way more three dimensional than a lot of characters exactly. in all of star yeah. wars and it it makes it feel real and i think before we go to the next episode i also wanted to just mention that like it from the beginning when the endor logo comes on and there's like way more drums and the music is so much more intense it's like letting right. you know, like, okay, now we're on this journey. Now let's get ready. And then right. from the beginning of this episode, it was, it felt like such a flip from what was there before, where it's just like, even though we were still in, in that little ship and like, it really, <laughs> after the scene, you're really like, okay, what, this is like a whole new vibe going on. It was already from the scene where it's like, okay, this is like getting intense now. <laughs> Like yeah, something that exactly. was getting serious and yeah. the stakes like already are getting high when he's telling him what the plan is and yeah. Cass's reaction is like, what? <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like, it's so good. Just, just the first scene itself, it, it completely like hooks you into the episode where, where even you mentioned at the beginning where you had to like go back and like, just like rewatch some of the scenes where, and, the, and the thing I like the most is that even the things that they're talking about is like so like heavy and stuff like that. They still have humor in it and there's still some levity to it, but it's not like forced jokes, like Marvel jokes or like where someone is just trying to inject humor into a dialogue where they're like, oh no, we have to have humor. 
here it's like just character driven where and character based humor where they're just having a banter off of each other but just the stuff that they're actually talking about is like really dark yeah but yeah it was it was great and now on to scene two which i was really wanted to ask you as a star wars fan we go into and i'm doing this on purpose guys we go into karus kent the capital of the galaxy oh yeah we've seen it uh, a couple of times i never remember the name but oh really <laughs> you, you don't know the thing of uh, young anakin pronouncing it karus kent in his uh <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> I remember that we, we had seen it before because at first also it, it looks like different in this show a bit. It, it's way more right. uh, pale and like colorless, mm. uh, you know. But yeah, that was cool to see. Yeah, I was like, oh, like the moment I saw it, I was like, oh my god, and and I don't know if this is what you were talking about or maybe when it comes back later, but the um. The, the way it looked, it, it kind of took me out for a second. And I was like, oh no, are we going to get prequel vibes now? Where, or I'm like, are they the just city trying itself? To... Yeah. Oh, I actually in, in... Like, really like the, well, the the later part of the city. I, I really like when we go right. with Karin and see where yes, he is. Yes, yes. That's, that's the part I like. But the mm -hmm. first introduction to it. And obviously the scene later on, uh, which I, I won't talk about right now, but, but yeah, no, it was another yeah. one that, that popped okay. out to me. Okay. 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 We, but then we'll talk about it. So now we're introduced to the Imperial sector bureau and we see a blonde woman walking in and then we're introduced to this whole, it's like a staff meeting with the chief and, um, and we see how the, yeah, the bureau functions up, up on the Imperial level, which is, we were at the corporals which was like uh, the middle level with the blues yeah. and everyone's trying to act harder than they are, but they're all like sort of out of shape, and, you know, and we were discussing like, why is that like that? Now we understand. Uh, and we, yes, exactly. We're not at the white level, <laughs> the white collar. It's not a racist. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. Blue collar, white collar is a bit on the nose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> but I, I guess they have to make it like, some things more on the nose so that it's easier to connect for like people like me where because there's so much new stuff like in terms of the names and and what things are called and you know it's like having someone named lieutenant or deputy chief officer i'm like okay i understand what that means I, the dumb person like me i get it I, it's good I, I found it interesting that uh, they have a navy and they call it the right. navy right he's a, he does say that yeah that's true that, i thought that was an interesting choice where like again it's probably what you're saying it, it gives us something to like cling on to and like uh connect with but right. it was still it, immediately i was like wait uh okay they, but they're in space well what does the navy do and how <laughs> oh come... right i didn't i actually didn't even connect <laughs> and then how come it's called the navy like i i don't even know why it's called the navy but it seems like That's so, so coincidental that they named it the same thing. Oh my God. I actually <laughs> didn't even realize that. Like, oh do they just God, fly the ships so to other planets and then they drop the Navy down? But at that point, why wouldn't they just use the ship? There's a spaceships. Like, why do they need right. specifically a, a fleet for water? <laughs> Maybe Karuskant has a lot of water. <laughs> I guess. Right? They're, they're the capital of the galaxy. And from what we can tell, like, 
they're like the the richest i'm guessing one of the richest people so that city they, might just have its own water and its own navy you would still but they do it, but they do mention it that call the navy for like even if you have to go to morlana i guess I, I, you think they would have something like thor in the asgardians where they just have ships that can also fly oh right right, right. <laughs> This will be the opposite. This will be like yeah. spaceships that can also go in the water. <laughs> but I'm guessing where the, I don't know where the water will be. <laughs> but yeah, it was part, partly it was uh, cool to hear. But at the same time, it was a bit distracting. Where it's just like, hold up. <laughs> I have some questions now. That's so funny. <laughs> That's so funny. Also, the, the look of that office, it looked, so old school like even the film mm. grain and everything right love the look of it and super I think, cold yeah that too it, it just it felt like something from the 70s like it looked felt yeah. like the old movies but a little bit up i don't know because of the cinematography was different so it didn't really look mm. like from the the movies but it felt like from the same time and i think it's more obvious later like i had that thought like in the second scene with the same captain and the the blonde woman that's in the scene um, but i i really loved it in the in the way of like i kind of like finding out how this works technically it's something right. that like a lot of star wars movies just don't deal with where like the technicalities of like how would it actually function and mm. what a you know the the What's the bureaucracy of this? Because it is an yeah. empire that is taken over the galaxy. There has to be some bureaucracy that has to be taken care of. So it, I, I love seeing that. But at the same time, I was thinking, if you would take the same scene and you don't change the dialogue or anything, but you would just set it in like an office that looks like from the office or something, and everybody's just wearing white shirts and a, and a tie, it would totally change it. And you probably would yeah. not give a shit about what's going on yeah where you just like now it's just like i'm watching an office meeting like or like later yeah, it's, on it's, it's like just two people met at the water cooler and now we're just like listening to them talk but because of what it looks like and the way everybody's talking and the yeah. everything it's just like yo i'm still down with it but like i had that thought where it's just like you know i feel like it's the look and everything around it that's making this interesting right now but i don't care <laughs> No, but also like the things that they're actually talking about, like, uh, and, and like you said, like that we were being introduced to like, uh, sort of the upper end of the bureaucratic nature of the empire, which is sort of cool to see. And it's, I think it's like similar, it's, it's kind of like maybe what George Lucas was trying to do with his prequels, where he's trying to talk about politics and all this boring stuff. And everybody was like, dude, nobody cares about that in a Star Wars movie. And along, but the problem with that was that not only did he not do it well, he also added in like just the same amount of childish nonsense in it. And with the, the way the movie looked, everything just felt completely off. Where in this, it's like, we already know that it's like, it is going to be this dark adult type of situation. And now we're in, now we're three episodes deep where you're right. In a sense, when I look at it, it's like, I, I, I want to know what's, what's going on. It, it, even though this is like a morning meeting that I'm watching, yeah, exactly. which it should, should be the most boringest thing in the world. And it, it kind of is, like you said, like in like the first two, three. So, so I'll just mention this real quickly where you see that I'm just going to call him the chief because I forgot what his, uh, I don't think they mentioned his position, but he's the head, right? 
of the thing and he walks in and you see a full a circle of like uh officers just sitting there for a morning meeting and he just starts asking each person uh, about their thing and he's just he's very strict they're very disciplined and it shows how the bureau works and in the first couple of things it's just like what are you guys talking about like he's like <laughs> he's also then, talking very efficiently where like it yes. seems like time is money you know like it's yeah. very quickly get to the point get through it yeah. he's 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 very 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 concise and very straightforward and he is very strict and very stern and you can tell that most people are scared even though they are trying not to be and and, and again uh, looks like yeah. he's from the 1970s yes and also some some important dialogue about like um uh he asks people he's like you know uh, what do we do here who you know who, who are we doing uh like like what, what is our purpose and someone uh, so the blonde woman that we are introduced to dedra who is also referred to later on as Mira, uh, which I thought might confuse Aquaman fans, but <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, and she sort of answers the verbatim thing that that's that's in the textbook, and he's like, very good, very good. So we get some character. So I I love how all the dialogue is written like that, where even expository dialogue and lines is always delivered like it's integrated into natural dialogue. There isn't a scene where the captain is explaining to the person and he tells them exactly what they do it's like it's part of the whole flow of the conversation and and along with understanding what the bureau actually does and what they actually think they do like what what the chief's perspective on that is we also get like character development of like okay so dedra is probably the kind of person who who's read all the textbooks she's like super intelligent like you know we already get that just from her answering this question and i and i love that about it where you're not like Spoon-fed information, but it's like they, you just sort of naturally learn everything as the plot is happening and as people are conversing with each other. Yeah, and again, full of detail also, where they take yeah. the time to putting little character moments in that yes. don't take up much time, but they didn't have to do it. Yeah, and you sort of uh, the guy, the chief, sort of explains that no, we're actually like we're healthcare, we're not like armed forces, and we they they look at rebels and all these kind of people as germs infecting them so it's it, that's a good perspective to see how like empire like their mindset is and how you can go back in history and have any political social commentary on but but it's good to see like where where their mindset is in terms of how they actually view uh, all these lower class and uh, rebellion type of people it reminded me a little bit of agent smith and his talk with morpheus i'm so glad you brought that up <laughs> because i have another matrix reference that's going to come later on okay and it, it has nothing to do with this i actually didn't even think about that but that's amazing <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll get back on that and also we're introduced to blevin who's also a superior officer within the thing okay which is a black which is the black officer oh yeah correct yeah his name is blevin <laughs> I'm just gonna because I, I made sure I'm gonna I'm just not gonna say black person blonde woman that's how I wrote my notes down and then <laughs> I went I went back and rewatched the episode to do to do the recap I made sure to get the people except for the chief I couldn't find his name he was probably yeah. in the credits but right, right. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm avoiding looking at credits now because but um, uh, same, it, I get it, it gives away too much yeah. but at the same time I think this show specifically, it's been interesting to see what kind of names they come up with. Like yes. Blevin is again, kind of like, it's Devin, but 
Blevin. Or, or Kevin. <laughs> or Kevin, yeah. You know, like... And then they have Tim and Willie, but like with the few spelling changes. With yeah, an extra so M let's see who else, Can't wait who else is going to show yeah. up. And then uh, we, I, I didn't write the names of the other people down, just, just to let you know. Just like whenever we have singular characters, that's how I wrote it down. There but was a, a moment mention, where you know. later on the, the, the new characters get introduced really quickly. Yes, one by one, yeah. And my thought was like, how, how is Cass going to learn these names so quickly? Exactly. I can't even learn it so quick. She's just like, bam, that's bam, 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 bam. Yeah, man, and just man. like, that's this, that's that. Uh, okay. <laughs> And and also the fact that, you know, I was thinking about this and then I realized, I was like, but wait a second, the biggest character in Star Wars name is Luke. It's the blandest white person name. And his sister's name is Leia. But his, bro but his father's name is Anakin. But okay, Skywalker. Right. That, that's true. And it was supposed to be Starkiller before. But oh, uh, really? Yeah, that was the original name in the script oh. as far as I remember. That's why there's Starkiller base in the new movies. Mm. But there was a whole discussion this week uh, that we can do at some point where on Reddit, the question came up. It started with, who's the coolest Jedi? And then from mm. there, the discussion evolved to, is Luke Skywalker cool? Oh. <laughs> that we can do a whole part okay. of that sometime. Yeah, yeah, why not? Break it down. I love Mark Hamill, so I'll, I'll go into that. Well, Mark Hamill is great, but the character Luke, <laughs> if you break him down, is yeah, he cool? That's true. Yeah, I kind of like, I was like, I have to think about yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Anyways, sister. Next, next with time. sister, so we have to. <laughs> it's that cool. <laughs> I don't know. You have to really watch what we say now in 2022, you know? <laughs> I, I wish this was 20 years ago because then it would have just, just straight up been like, no, that wasn't cool. That that's, that's that would have been the answer. But now how we're long, in 2022. How long do they bring incest back to Star Wars? All right, let's read it back in, okay? Let's... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, they, they might do it in this show. Why not, right? They've introduced this, so many be, this could be the show for it yeah. in terms of like right. the maturity but, of it. But but to be fair, to be fair, they weren't. They didn't know they were brother or sister. So did yeah. George Lucas know? Is the question. Ah, right. Mm. <laughs> well, George, good thing George Lucas isn't attached to this or anything Star Wars anymore. <laughs> I, I eventually they're just... gonna run out of things to bring back, and then they're like. Here it is. Here it is. It's it's part of Star Wars. Really? You know, like you can't That's deny true. it. That's so, true. I don't know. They might do it in like twenty years <laughs> for the next for the next fortieth trilogy. <laughs> but okay. I'm sure somebody right, already so... did it in a parody, but okay. <laughs> in a foreign parody, maybe. Exactly. But right. yes. <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> okay, office. so we were we, yeah, we finished that office thing and uh and and remember the how what the office setting kind of was because we're gonna come back. I'm gonna make some uh, uh, comparisons between that and some scenes later on. So now we're back to the spaceship with Luthen and Cassian, and they're landing on a place called Aldani, which is the name of the episode. Or Greenland. Uh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it could be Greenland actually, <laughs> or Iceland because Iceland was really. Great. Oh yeah, Iceland. I, either way, Green, I, it's, Greenland is the frozen one, so it's probably Iceland. Like, 
That is so confusing. Maybe maybe it's the Sweden. Maybe like Stellan Skarsgård just took him back to his <laughs> city or something. I never thought that's. I never thought about that. So Iceland is green. Yeah, but that's Greenland is ice. Right. Okay. They that, that's just, that's like, the that's the what? joke of the whole thing. They should work that out. <laughs> it's like let's just switch. Anyways, uh, I thought it was we very were... cool to see uh, again a completely new looking environment, which I think Rogue One yes. kind of started. Where it's just like when they were on the beach with the palm trees, and it's just like mm. I never seen Star Wars on the beach. <laughs> so right, it was right. like I've never seen Star Wars in Iceland. So yeah, uh, yeah looked beautiful. Yeah, that was and, pretty cool. And again, amazing. Just the like you can tell it's a, they were actually there. Yeah, the locations look real, and uh, obviously there's like the surroundings are really cool, and uh, every everything felt natural and and. One thing I noticed was like how the tone is actually shifting in this episode from what it was in the first three, but it's also in a way where it's like, it's still like the adult themed, uh, series, the adult themed show, but it's like the, the tone is sort of reflective of the environment we're in. Yeah. Where, where the color, even the color palette changes, which in row one, it never changed it. Even though we were at the beach, it, it always looked like like a gray like a gray uh blanket over everything you know uh, or, or like this mustard colored i, don't I, know. I would yeah. almost say there's more color in rogue one than in the show really where even like the even the Maybe cities yeah. and everything is has is very muted where even like when we're in the green it's not like a lush bright green it's just like you know muted kind of i don't want to call it because it's not a dirty green but it's more muted is i think the best way to call it I looked at it. Maybe I, I, I actually maybe don't even remember Rogue One then properly. <laughs> Rogue One definitely uh, had its own kind of color grading as well. Yeah. But I think overall, if I when I think of it, I, I can remember colors much more. Like the orange of the planet with uh, Forrest Whitaker, Whitaker, for example, versus the the base, which is very blue when we're talking to Tarkin. Versus they the all beach. seem like grayish, bluish. Uh, brownish like in my mind every time i think of rogue one that's how i sort of remember the color palette it, it was like a gradient of like like blue gray uh light brown you know it was always yeah. like eh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's that, that's the problem where where everything and in this even though you're like uh like for you they were muted but for me i think just compared to where we were in like morlana and then I think it like what like I think like now when I think about it they they do like we are talking about how it wasn't like lush green and stuff, but just compared to the different environments within the show, oh yeah, totally. Like like the color of the environment and also like the tone of the characters changes. I mean that was straight when we landed on that planet. It was us also landing on that where we we're like okay now yeah exactly we are completely somewhere else and it was right right fully felt yeah. And and right before they land, uh, uh, I wanted to make a mention that 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 Cass also trimmed his beard with a knife, and he looked really handsome after that. Man, did you notice that? But how did he? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but, his entire look changed. But how come he still had like a stubble, like a three day yeah, stubble? Because the knife wasn't that sharp. I guess I feel like it should have yeah. been more patchy at that point, like. 
it was pretty perfectly like a three day kind of beard. Where it, I don't know. He's been doing it for a long time. Maybe I was overthinking it, but I thought it was a little no, no. weird. Where like maybe I was maybe I was too distracted by how handsome he looked. <laughs> <laughs> and then at this, I I understood that he's tr probably trying to get rid of it because that's how they saw him last. But at the same time, when he popped up as the hologram when they were looking for him, he was without the beard. So, right. yeah, I don't know. I I wasn't really full. I didn't fully understand why why he was doing that. If it was just because when they were shooting, he just had a different hairstyle or something. I don't know. Or <laughs> I think it was just like um, it was just he just wanted to shave. Uh, like he he some beard grew, and then he he. Uh, he was going to shave one day and then he got caught up in that, all that, that plot where he like, you know, at the brothel and he's like, Oh, let me, I got, I got 10 minutes. Let me just, let me just wash my face, shave it, you know, before I go on this mission. It's his workload. And uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah. And here's an important nugget where, um, he, Luthan asks him to pick a name for the next three days for this mission and he picks Clem. Now, I'm confused because I'm not sure if we have heard the name, if we've had, if we've heard the name Clem in the last two episodes. Obviously, I figured out who Clem is based on the credits and uh, the subtitles, but I don't think we've heard the name Clem so far. I don't think so. Well, I don't, I don't think so either. Wasn't that this... in the subtitles? Yeah, well, it was in the subtitles, but but I'm just saying like based on dialogue and characters yeah like we've heard marva we've heard all the people's names that we've marva that we need to know call him by his name no no uh, she didn't that's the thing yeah. and and when he mentions it this time it kind of made me th uh, rethink your um your 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 prediction of maybe uh the guy might be Cass's father maybe you know yeah so the fact that he uses his name we might find out later uh if there's any significance to him actually using the name Clem or was it just like, oh, I know this name and the audience knows this character, so I'll just pick this name. But the audience doesn't right. really know that character. That, so, that, so that's my point. So so maybe that that has some significance because uh, we might find out later why he picks Clem and not, and not just some other random name, right? He could pick, it's a Star Wars thing. He could pick any name. Should we mention again what it was or... Uh, I guess we should just we should just leave it if, if maybe no one's watched previous things. So okay, we should just so leave basically, it as a spoiler, in, the, right? in the last episode, we found out that. Oh no no, no no no! I'm I'm saying I'm, I'm, yeah, saying, I'm, I'm saying let's I'm, leave it. I, I'm oh, gonna okay, say okay. I'm just let him okay, know. Okay. In the last episode, we found out in the credits who Cassian's father is, and we're going to leave it at that. Well, we don't know if it's his father or not, but but we did find some relation to some characters. Yeah. Well. Yeah, there was some. But we we, we still we still don't know if uh if that's going to be actually Cassian's quote unquote father. Yeah, which but, again, but but it, our but, point was that it was just interesting that they already put it in the credits. Yes, exactly. Yes. Like, was that a mistake or was it on purpose? Or maybe it was just like that's what they just uh, like they have to do. Maybe like legally or like maybe just based on or maybe they just filmed the credits just like. They filmed the credits and then they just attach, like they edited to the end of each episode where the characters that are already there, that's their name. But I don't see why they would, they should do that. Like that's it's giving away point. details that, that you shouldn't know beforehand, in my opinion. I, we would have to look into it once. If ever yeah. there was a character where 
they gave him a different name or they like they hid their identity until later or is it something yeah. that like like you said maybe because in their contract it's written this person is performing this as, the, as this character so legally they have to put it there which yeah but then at the same time i and, again, and maybe they just it, it yeah, depends sorry. how it works but like there, there's always that thing where people are not mentioning the credits or yeah you know like they have different names in the credits like that definitely i've seen where they like they just gave him a different name to hide their identity right but or they'll yeah. put it in like quotation marks where it's like oh we don't want to tell you who this person is or even like give like but yeah well uh, 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 that's something that we'll have to keep uh, an eye on as we go into further episodes where we'll see how they handle all this and then we can come back and and actually ask ourselves the question whether it was a spoiler whether it was just like an an extra little nugget that they just threw on where it's like it doesn't really matter so here you go and, yeah. and fans like how much does it matter who he is right right that yeah right but like even but, if you but, find out is it going to be a big reveal or it's kind of just a he has more right. information right right exactly yeah I, i i hope it's more of like here's just some more information only based right. on the fact that if it's going to be a big reveal then you definitely <laughs> do that or like you got to have a word with like hotstar app <laughs> where they remove it off a of subtitle <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time i i think the credits would have come from the disney plus version no but, but also the uh, i i noticed it first in the subtitles yes but well not full uh, did they use his last name in the subtitles i think no 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 no, no, no. It, it was just it was just the first name but yeah. uh, last name was in and the same way i think that's also uh, so far it seems like they were the same on disney plus as well right but, but we'll see we'll see we'll see it's it was it's interesting that he picked that name and and there was no mention as to why he picked it in the whole episode yeah. they just call him clem now so i'm going to maybe in my notes i i i think i went back and forth i'll probably call him cas for the most part but i might call him clem from time to time classic right I, I love the word cast and I came up with some things call him class which will be klaus no no so 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 that, so that comes later uh yeah that comes later i'll i'll, I'll tell you two, two three things that i can <laughs> and uh and so yeah and uh luthen gives him like a personal artifact which is like he has this around his neck which is like a little stone and he says here's the down payment and uh he gives him like some story where we celebrate this and it means more to me than it actually is and if you sell it like you can sell it for like 50 grand or something like that and he said it's a kyber crystal right So yeah so I wanted to ask you like he he I don't remember the actual uh words as but far I can as I remember it was a kyber crystal from a specific tribe right but if like I I didn't fully get was it like like a specific type of kyber crystal or is it the same one that they use for lightsabers and the death star and everything Oh it's a kuati signet blue blue kyber skystone skystone okay so it's not a kyber crystal it's a kyber skystone it's blue kyber skystone the ancient world but yeah that, I, don't, I, don't, i don't know what that what that is it's uh as far as i know it's an ancient tribe in the star wars universe that mm. was yeah mentioned in one of the extended lores and i think maybe the clone wars series But what I really like about the scene like I was mentioning before it's uh Luthen 
convincing um, cast that what he's saying is real. That like you can trust me. He tells them that like don't get less than this much. Just know yeah. it will always mean more to me. It's always yeah. worth much more than that to me. So I will, and I, emphasizes I want it back. I want that, it back. I wanted yeah. to mention that too. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 first cast is like, come on, man, you're just gonna give me fifty grand. And he's like, I want you to give that back to me. And he's like, oh, if I survive. So Cass is trying to be like all smart ass, you know, and, and Luthan's like, no, man, I want it back. And, and, and it was obviously like, like metaphorically, it obviously meant like showed like where he's trying to instill confidence in Cass and, and trying to show him that I have faith in you, that you can do this. And like you said, he's also trying to convince himself and us that, oh yeah, just trust me. Like this will work out. Don't worry about it. And I think he has it on self doubts that most likely uh, I th I think from within he may, may he kind of maybe feels bad for putting Cass in the situation and just wanted to. I mean, he uh, he understands that like he ripped them out of his world and into right. this crazy situation, right. and Cass started earlier was saying that like how can I even trust you? I don't know who you are. What is this? Yeah. What's going on? So he, he mentions just... he, maybe you're the imperial spy. Exactly. So he's like, look, okay, I totally get where you're coming from. I'm just as paranoid as you. Just take this as a token but what i like about it is it has you as an audience member being like okay he seems pretty serious about this so maybe we can trust him maybe like maybe he is the good guy but the way that he plays it and the the sternness and energy that comes from Stellan stars guy it's the whole time it, it, it it's just i don't know it's it keeps you wondering it's like you kind of want to think that like he's just part of the rebellion, early rebellion, and he's fighting for the good. But at the same time, I keep wondering where, when then later you see him in the later scene, I'm back to being like, oh shit. So can we trust him with what he said? And then in a couple of scenes later, we're back to being like, oh, it seems like we can trust him. And it, uh, it keeps going back and forth where I'm still sitting here and I don't know if he, he could be just playing everybody. Oh, he's just, yeah. just a good guy, which wouldn't be as interesting, but it's still really fun to watch currently. Yeah. He, I think he's carried the show so far. Like everyone's good. Everything's great. But I think he's like the thing that's holding all this together with like it, the way he's acted and the way his character is shown so far. Where it's like, he just seemed like just a straight guy who would, would come buy something and maybe get him out of this jam or something. But like the way his character has gone through this, this whole episode. It's like the way he's acted, it, it's been so amazing. And like, you're so, like you said, you're so interested in him where, where it's like, you, you have no idea where his character is going to go from here. Totally. And even if, it's the, even, even if it's the most predictable thing, it's still going to be interesting to watch him portray that kind of a thing and, and see where, where he goes with it. Because of how he's portraying it. And it, yeah. I totally agree. It's totally elevating the entire show every time. Yeah he comes on it makes the the other actors where yeah. they don't they're not as big and famous makes yeah. them feel like more important and better where yeah there's a some people that will come up later where at first i was like you guys don't even look like you know like you should be here but then the second right. like the scenes go on i'm totally in it and like you know, everyone's yeah. killing it right now right. i just got I the other matrix reference <laughs> Okay. Oh, you did? I think so. Let's see. I just thought of another okay. one. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs>
you you, you mentioned when yours comes out and maybe we'll just or maybe we might end up doing it together we'll see yeah and then uh so they land the spaceship and luthan goes out he's like uh you see some one coming down the thing and he's like oh that's that's the person in charge and she's gonna disagree with me she's gonna fight with me and blah 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 and but but wait here until i go sort this out so he goes and and we meet uh our new character named vel who's this uh blonde woman i think uh, she seemed blonde she's not as blonde as uh mira in the in the bureau but uh, i think she's blonde. but either way uh not important but uh she's uh he's he springs upon her that oh i've got this new person named cass and and uh, he Lucen describes his skills as a pilot and says and one thing he mentions that he's like he's a th- and he's a very good thief and he's not afraid to kill someone where all those things about rogue one and all this stuff are questions about like oh like he just did those cops and and you're just like dude he didn't even look like he felt bad or anything about it also, i'm glad that that's a character uh trait that's actually important in this also, that's probably how Luthen found him. Where he's like, someone killed right. a cop. Cold-blooded. Right. right. I agree. And uh, obviously, Vel is like, uh, disagreeing with him and saying like, hey, how, how can you spring this upon me right now? And blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly, when, when, uh, when Luthen is telling her something, she like looks down and Luthen just shouts at her. Because throughout this whole thing, you're sort of, Thinking like, oh, who, like she's the leader and we get it, like Luthen sort of like, and then Luthen just immediately shouts at her, look at me. You wanted to be a leader, didn't you? And it's like, whoa. So you're like, okay. And you immediately think like, okay, maybe this Luthen's daughter, maybe. And, and he's, or know. maybe someone he's like, that's what, that, that's the first thing I thought of. That's fucked up. I could be. <laughs> yeah. But like, and, and the way, or, or maybe it's just some girl he's been grooming. Like, I mean, I, I didn't mean it like from that point of view, but like. To be someone like like it's someone uh, like that he has a personal connection to like that's what yeah. i got immediately yeah i didn't think of that it could totally right. be it'd be interesting because i had like a different thought about that group that we'll discuss later but yeah mm. that's okay. that, that would make that yeah right very, way, very interesting same like what we were discussing with uh Endor's father where like yeah, yeah. That, it's an interesting yeah. if they're going there Again, very yeah. mature thing. Where it's like, uh, uh, is she, I mean, if Luthen's been doing this for so long, I'm sure his daughter must have grown up within in in all this and like just like been a part of this. And now she's like, you know, I want to be the leader. And Luthen's like, okay. And he clearly sees seems like a strict, like you know, it 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 is really risky stuff. And that's uh, what, yeah, it's a, actually we can mention it even now that like the, it's a very strict father if you're sending your daughter on a suicide mission. Right, exactly. As the leader, <laughs> yeah. Uh, who knows? And and uh, but yeah. But it seems like but, this mission is very, very, very important to Luther. Yes, Luther. yes, yes. Like he really needs this to happen. Like it's getting, it's becoming very clear that like that's yeah. why he got Cassian because it's like. He knew they needed another. At this point, yeah. it feels like they really just needed another guy. I yeah. it, I hasn't really felt yet that like they needed him specifically. Right. It, it's yes, like he can fly the thing, but like, yeah, that it's still yeah. so short notice. I think I think they just needed like a pilot who he could buy and uh like who who would be okay with doing who's and and he also mentions it um 
that he's a mercenary and she's like how could you do this and uh, and um he says well that's the good thing about having a mercenary he's disposable so you're like oh like all this stuff he just told cassian about like you know i want this back and he's putting all this like faith and confidence in him all of a sudden he's like yo he's disposable don't worry about it and he also gives vel he's like you have two options either either take him on or call the whole thing off yeah also yeah and, the disposable part was also very interesting again where it's yeah, yeah it's uh, the flip flop yeah, yeah he Chris just Christ. had a scene this emotional scene yeah. of like where we discussed like he's putting his faith in them and he's like and no i want it back like, it means so much just kill like, him. Is this <laughs> so so and and we're like who was he really lying to I, i'm pretty sure he was lying to uh vel yeah about like yeah like the, I, th- i think he seemed genuine when he was talking to cass and then well, he's trying to just give like uh reasons to vel where it's like oh don't worry where where i mean i mean you would have to have that kind of a thing about you where you're able to make those executive decisions you know and 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 maybe that goes into his character of like raising his daughter into something like this if if that comes to fruition. my thought was actually that like maybe that kyber starstone is not uh not real because cass has no idea what it is Oh. <laughs> But yeah, maybe I'm overthinking it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But maybe it could be funny <laughs> if that happens. You would see like he risked his life. But but obviously he's like I want it back and then cuz cuz he's still he's only getting 50,000 out of the 200,000. So even if it is real and like I I personally think it's just yeah. This is this this is my prediction of 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 that scene is that at some point lucen might sacrifice himself and and um uh, cassian won't be able to get his 200 grand from lucen but he's going to still keep on, hold on to the the stone with him uh for until i don't know if it's referenced in rogue one but he's still going to hold on to it as as like a thing he's not going to sell it for 50 grand i think that's going to be the the thing that um the metaphorical <laughs> connection bond between them yeah i guess i mean personally i just want lucen to just like completely crisscross applesauce <laughs> yeah, all who the knows? way that would be, that would where be at the awesome. end he's just like the like he's just the worst out of all of them right where it turns that out cool. that like him showing up on that planet was like the worst thing Cass, uh, Cassian could have ever happened to him. like right. like he's going to die in Rogue One because well that is already a given because yeah. Luthen picked him up over there he's going to die in Rogue One but you know what is if it's like not for a good cause i don't know right well that goes into the theme of like what i said about self sacrifice for the greater good or versus uh cassian self interest where he just says just drop me off and i'm going to keep running i'm not going to get into this all this nonsense i just want to survive and i just want to get on to my next thing until they find me for stealing something small and then they'll hang me you know and and that's his thing but it would be funny where he gets into all this like motivational stuff by Luther like no 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 you got to do your sacrifice for the greater good and he does a sacrifice but it's not for the, I mean his actual sacrifice in Rogue One is for the greater good in some sense but what yeah. if you're right like what if he gets into this mission he kind of survives he does survive it we you know but um uh but I and also actually you know now that I think about it I've been so caught up in the show that I didn't think about it but now that I've said it out loud we do know that uh cast is going to survive all of this so is all the tension just deflated no because i wanted to wait till we get to the next crew but i totally thought that was the dirty dozen that's not going to make it 
we're going to see a big body count going forward where like we're getting introduced to these characters for us to see them get off the way that we saw in Rogue One, no one survived. Mm. I feel like that that theme is going to come into the show because these characters, they, that was the thing that I felt off about them. Where like they don't feel like they they're cast members that are supposed to be here for like two three seasons, right? But at the right. same time, they're so interesting immediately the way that they're written, written and the, yeah. the 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 scenarios that they're putting them in that like you're already kind of caring for them in a way where like you're in like you're, you're invested in them so that like right. if they start like it so just we're jumping ahead a little bit but i really like the fact that it's like i was mentioning earlier it is by the end becoming a heist show where like there's that espionage uh, that thriller but in the end it was just my favorite thing in heist movies where they set up the heist in terms the of like plan. this is exactly yeah the planning of like this is what we're right. going to do right. and i'm so curious there's always like different ways they can do it where right. that is the setup and this is how it goes and we just see right. like bam 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 this is how we discussed it or right. now that we know how it's supposed to go right. what all is going to go wrong how many things right. of the things that have to go right, right. are not right. going to go right and who is going to pay for that and right. that's why I was so hyped by the end of the episode where I was just like, I'm really ready for episode five. I think right. they might make us wait till six, but yeah, that whole, all of that. But that made me think mm -hmm. that, yeah, I think the tension will be not as cast going to survive. It's more about they're making us care for characters to then take them away from us, I assume. And and also, I guess, uh, a piggyback, piggybacking, on that on that point, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got confused for a second. Uh, like, how many people does does Cass affect? Like, uh, by coming into like uh, direct contact with them, we've seen we've seen what happens to characters on uh, Marlana, or Morlana, uh, and and now we're seeing him being injected into this new environment, where now. What's gonna to happen to these people because of a of a of a consequence of of having cast there, right? Because that could also be it. like obviously we know cast is gonna survive, but uh, what's gonna to happen to these and what would have happened had they not gone with cast or somebody else, like someone of a different kind of a character who's Very a true. pilot thief, but like a different type of a person. And we know because we know what cast does. Yeah, and so we'll always still yeah. gave up some shady wipes throughout the entire exactly. episode. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't like we'll get to it, but I thought the dynamic yeah, yeah. was really cool yeah, while we'll they like brought him in there. Right. So uh um we'll get uh so Luthen just tells Vel, no, you have to accept him. He brings Cass out and uh then they uh Vel meet meet Cass, uh meet Clem. Right? And then we get on to the next scene, which is a very cool scene, one of my favorites. One of my small favorites, uh, where you see Blevin, the black uh, imperial officer, reprimanding Mosk, Karn, and uh, the fat chief from the beginning. And it's the funniest, it's, it's so amazing seeing these people in their own environments and then, and then drop like the fat chief officer in his office. I was like, oh, okay, he's going to be the big boss man, right? Like of the, of the like police man. Cat. Right. And and then and you saw uh, Cyril Korn as this soldier guy, like this super, like I'm a super cold hard soldier. And here we are in episode four, and and 
and the black the blevin is reprimanding them and and fat fat officer goes well, well, I didn't even have anything to do with it. And he's I'm like, there, like, like, that's the problem. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, his whole posture and the way he's talking, it seems so real. And even Mosk, he seems like, okay, now I totally get you. You're going to act like this when you're in your zone. But when you're in the real zone, you just come across as just like some overweight security guard trying to act I, like a soldier. I love the hand up. And that's like, so i wanted to like, ask you really are you serious oh my god so that's one of the things that i wanted to talk and like mention about the humor how it's like it doesn't feel forced even though such like dark and uh, heavy stuff is going on and, and yeah it wasn't even like it didn't feel out of place at all it, it still yeah, felt exactly in, in, in world and you could i, I also noticed you could see uh uh Karin, you could actually see that he his uniform was actually altered compared to the other ones. Mm. There's much more flair on it and stuff. Right. And I don't know. You didn't probably didn't write down the the line, but I loved what uh, what what Blevin was said at the very end, where it's like it took your incompetence and yes. what this and that to make this happen. It was really good. Great, let me let me just yeah yeah great written. I, I I totally agree. One thing I I wanted to just make a quick quick notice was that right before we get into that scene, like in that scene, the first shot is like of guards through the window, and they've got like Darth Vader helmets on from the back, like similar to that. I don't know if you noticed that they they're all wearing black. Isn't this also where we see a quick shot of somebody just like taking trash and putting it into a garbage can, and you see the 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 Chinese takeout again? uh no <laughs> I think I'm at some point there's like a, like a quick shot of that where it's just like yeah I, I somebody's, don't remember that. somebody's job in this thing is literally just to like take people's trash like that dude was eating eating those mm. noodles he just left them there for home income the, the janitor. janitor yeah the janitor we've heard about the trash compactors now now we know right. there's janitors oh, right. too yeah that's true okay but so, uh, so here he is, and he says, it took the combined ingredients of idiocy, ineptitude, and total disengagement for this farce to have reached the full apex of incredulous disaster. <laughs> what a line. Like, and and the... right then, Moss goes like this. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, seriously. <laughs> like, like, chef's kiss. That's such, yes. like, yes. whoever wrote that, you, you get yeah. a pat on the back. You, you right. went home that day, and you felt great. <laughs> Exactly. And he, the, the way he says it too it was greatly great performance mm -hmm. and then he comes to so this scene is going on where he's reprimanding them it looks real and there's a small little funny scene with Moss going like this and then Blevin comes to Karn and he says and it just the tone just shifts immediately from that tone, uh, humor to just suddenly like he goes proud are we and remember, I kept mentioning Karn's face in like whenever he's got this smug look. Yeah. I always, the word I kept looking for was he kept looking proud. Like he has this entitled pride about himself. And now it's like all of that has been like shattered. And he's in this office next to a real imperial guard, a, a real imperial officer. And he's, he's now, you know. Uh, it's almost like he's being called out the way like Cass was called out by Luthen in the spaceship about he's like I was fighting here and there and he's like no you were a cook don't like don't even try to act cool with me because I'm way cooler than you and you have never been cool you know yeah 
and Cass Cass sort of took uh, takes like takes that easily, but it's amazing the how the music comes in for Karn at this moment. Yeah, sorry, you were gonna say something. No, no, sorry. I, I was just making sure we're still recording. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, and okay, okay. <laughs> <My bad. laughs> and it's it, it's these moments where it just made me like start falling so much more in love with Karn as a whole where it, it amazes me how much I, I disliked him in, right in the beginning and now it's like his acting is like he's acted uh, but yeah we'll, we'll get more into that and he also uh, Blevin also says that the because of this the entire Morlana system is under permanent imperial authority yeah which were, so, uh, also again interesting I, I still want to know more about these corpos the the blues right. like who who are they what what is their exact purpose like right. yeah i think I, they're just lower level uh officers where they're more um like uh like like they handle like the field work sort of thing where they're on like uh patrol for these like small small districts and then these imperial officers like blevin and the the white collars they're they're their bosses yeah, and they sort of handle like a bunch of sectors. Like so, we're 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 told uh, later on that Blevin uh, uh, looks over six sectors. So I'm guessing Morlana is one sector, one of those sectors, and and uh, the Blues are the guys who monitor the stuff on the sector. But then, what was the point of him saying that it it's in full imperial control? It made it seem like the Imperials took away the control from the Blues. What do you mean? Like, uh, why did they do that, or what? What does that mean? What does that imply? Like, in terms of oh, their right, relation? right, oh, right, right. So I'm guessing. So I'm guessing that it's going to be the black helmet dudes who are going to be there, or maybe stormtroopers. But I think stormtroopers might be there for Darth Vader. I think it's going to be the black helmet guys. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still still think there's more to learn about the hierarchy right. and how everything works. Right, but. I think it's kind of cool that you're being introduced to all this, like, and and it's actually yeah, interesting. Exactly, and we're getting to know, and we're speculating, and under like actually coming. Like, I had no idea what the fuck they were talking about in in the prequels, under other than the last couple of things where it's like the characters were interacting with each other. But but throughout the thing, whenever they were talking about democracy and all that, I was like, dude, uh, like I understand democracy, but I have no idea what what any of this has to do with anything. And it was just, it became... At the same time, so much character development, again, where we learned so yeah. much about all three of them. And again, yes. I totally agree with Karin acting so much just with his facial expressions. Where yeah. He had one line in this whole episode, but he had a big impact, yeah. I feel like. Amazing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get way more into that. So so stay tuned for that when, when his next scene comes up. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. So now we come back to Cass and Vel where they're hiking back to the base and uh, Vel is explaining to Cass that we're going to mention to everyone that uh, you were always part of the plan and uh, it was up to me to tell, like, we're not going to say that we're dropping you in now. And and Cass is sort of asking about Luthen and she's like, we're not going to speak of Luthen. This is the plan and you have to, like, stay focused, blah, blah, blah. And then that's when Cass gets to know that they're not just stealing a payroll, that they're going to be stealing an entire armory. And, and he's like, yeah. Throwing it up against the garrison. Going up that, against the garrison. That's the one that really threw him. Right. And then suddenly we see a very cool thing where they hear a sound, and suddenly they get into hiding, 
and it's I, I, two so, tie fighters i i liked also the the little moment of him being like he didn't say anything about that and she's like i don't know who you're talking about and right he's like exactly. you're going up against the garrison like and yeah. he's he's like so do you want to join the others or not and it's like how many of you are there and they're like yeah. with you now seven <laughs> like he he's like you need a freaking army for this like how many right. hundreds of men do you have and she's like <laughs> seven seven I, including I like, you <laughs> i like that that moment right yeah like that's the thing man like you're right the, all these little, little moments between characters like it, it kept me on board you know and and it, it kept me like you said like no action but I, i didn't even really think about that i think it's maybe because like subconsciously my brain was just like eating up all this cool like cool character moments i mean i immediately it's an interesting dynamic where like it is not okay we have this mission there's a new guy we, i'm gonna fill you in no it's luthan being like look i'm gonna take you i'm gonna force you onto this person that really doesn't want you there and yeah. she has to take you but nobody there is going to be happy about it and mm. she if she like could she would probably rather just shoot you in the face than have to deal with this right now right but because their connection with luthan or whatever she's just like okay so without you it's not going to happen so let's just go and yeah. she's like you know do you have like save your questions it's a long walk you know yeah save your win yeah i i like the the dynamic gets like stranger and stranger in that way like in the sense of like he feels so like it's so like he shouldn't be there and right. I, i love the dynamic it's i feel like i haven't it's not a very common trope of the way that he's getting in there but yeah uh, but, that that's one of the themes i actually wanted to mention and that we'll talk about more and more later on is uh, our main characters well main and side characters uh feeling uh, out of their element and being in like a place which is foreign and quote unquote alien to them because we're in star wars and uh people like even people like vel because the way uh luthan screams at her about hey you wanted to lead now you have to lead like and and corn realizing that he was in something for more than he could like actually handle and now we also see maybe dedra who's in the uh in the bureau but she also seems like so these four main characters in all these different areas they all seem like they're out of their element in in the position where they may have bargained more than they can chew i think that's the phrase right and and now they just bit sort of, of have to put up a bit of more than they can chew as a bargain <laughs> <laughs> and 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 now they don't know really how to like uh, they're really just going off of more of like bravado and like just like self convincing of uh, like oh no no i can do this i can do this and i just have to put up a brave front and i just have to go along with with uh, this facade and like this this delusion of i can actually do this where vela is like i can actually lead these people but now she's being thrown all these curveballs of clem and and uh, another thing was like you're right like there wasn't a scene where normally in a regular tv show it would just be like you would just have a scene where luthen introduces Clem to uh, Vel and Vel is like oh we're we're lucky to have you on board and I'm so glad you're here and Luthen and Clem would be like thank you and they sit down and she explains to him this is how many people we have but it's like the scene is moving along they're talking to each other uh Cass is finding out more information more and more information as we're finding out and then we're finding out more stuff about Vel and how many people there are it's not like a stagnant scene where it's just like 
two people just relaying expository lines to each other and, and the whole yeah. time she's yelling also exactly because yeah. you feel like it's like it's windy it's out and about yeah. and she's just like we gotta get out of here yeah. You and have to so ask like, so many questions. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so like real where you can put yourself in a situation like that where suddenly like your boss puts you with like someone. You're like, what? I got to deal with this as well now? Like, come on, man. And you're just like annoyed and the new person's just trying to ask like relative questions, but you're just annoyed in general. And you're like, just stop asking questions. Just just do as I say. Just don't like talk to me anymore. And like, and it's good to put these characters in these conflicting situations because it arises, arises more, uh, like a lot of drama comes from that. And like, like I said, like this, this, it, it, it's not going to feel stale and boring where it just scenes just go along and characters just sort of move along at like a stale pace. Yeah. So yeah. And, and now, and then we suddenly, they hide and we see two TIE fighters go by. And I thought it, it looked really cool. Like, like seeing those two things in a in an environment like this with the sound that comes, like it, it looked really cool and how scared they both were where they had to it, just like uh, hide from it. It reminded me of uh, World War Two or World War One uh, fighters again when you're like right. on on the beach or something in a war movie right. and hearing like from the distance mm. coming and then suddenly it's very loud over them. Very cool. The sound the sound was really cool. I, I made a note of that. Yeah. Totally. Totally. All right. So now we get to Dedra. She's in her office and she's got her device with her assistant and she locates the Starpath unit because that's what they were sort of talking about in uh, uh, in the morning meeting where the chief was asking every, uh, Blevin like what happened in Marlana and stuff like that. And um, she finds it and she sends her assistant to go ask Blevin for some kind of access. Because she's like, oh, this is in our jurisdiction as well, and we could get it. And we're like, okay, what is she up to now? Like, is she just trying to find this? Like, what is she trying to do? And then we get a really, like, I think, like, a 10-second scene, but it's, like, maybe one of the best scenes, where it's just no dialogue, and we see Luthen just put his spaceship on autopilot wow. and uh, walk into this place, and he puts, he's going through his, like, wigs and he puts on this wig and he just you see him getting before the character that, I, I even like the the little mirror thing where like his yeah. uh, his entire like setup is just like ready where again is it like a special modification he made to the ship right and like he has to like flip the the mirror around so that it actually works it's not like just ready right. coming out it's I, I like these little details again and right. all the technical all the tech even later on there's when they use the 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 star wars ipad it's so chunky and like all the yes. tech in this is so like <laughs> I, I I love it. It's I love the look of it. And yes, and then, the the transformation is amazing. Yeah, where like he's using his hands to get into character and it then is, the smile. Of, you oh know, my god! And you're so like, good. whoa, what's getting what's going on now? Because we just saw him be so stern and like this cool kind of guy who like uh, was in this action scene, you know, in in Orlando with Cassie, and then he's like shouting it. He's having this cool banter with him, and then suddenly he puts on this like long wig, and he rings. gets into like this like sort of yeah he puts on a lot of rings and gets into like sort of flamboyant type of a character, and and the scene is just like from far away where just seeing Beautiful him in this shot. dark little corner it's, it's amazing the, it's almost like yeah. the, from the Joker the, exactly yes it's, it's there you little, go a little bit of that and then yeah. I like that also once he found, finds it. 
he just yeah. drops it and he, he just drops walks. it and he comes back and it's like yeah. oh like sick like scars guard man so great he's it's like a 10 sec- yeah he's yeah <laughs> i'm holding so, it i'm so pumped by it yeah same so good and it's not in like a campy way that's what i love like where he's not yeah. like you know people say like a lot of these big actors they come in these things like fantasy things or like comic book things and they're like chewing the scenery by being over the top campy he's just like acting his ass off where where you're just like man i love seeing you just like be on screen if you think about it every single scene we've gotten with him makes you want to know more when he first shows exactly. up on the ship when he right. wa- walks into the 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 workshop to him finally talking to Cass to now the beginning of this on the ship where every time he's like we're learning he's like a new person almost where right. not if not at the beginning a full new person there we are still like figuring out but like now since we're really getting to know him there's a new layer every time there's a new conversation yeah. there's some new layer to him where you're just like yeah. okay that that adds so much to what's already going on and it just has you intrigued to like because it's not full it's not just giving you answers of like he's this he's done that because of this it's something's happening and you're just like what is who is he what, what's going on you know yeah i agree he's 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 he's, he's so layered and and every new scene with him it's that's another thing I wanted to mention of this this episode, and I think I, I didn't really see that uh, in I didn't really notice it in the previous ones where it's like this all the scenes are structured like so perfectly, where it's like every scene has like a beginning, middle, and end, and it's 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 like every scene has a purpose and a goal, where you un- where the story progresses progresses, and there's like the character becomes a little more fleshed out and a little more fleshed out. And it keeps you more and more interested where the more you see them, you you discover more things about them. It's not like the same character, just in a different scene. But it's like, not just the story is also moving along, the plot is moving along, but also we're like, the character is becoming deeper and deeper. And we're like, wow, like what's going to happen next? What is he going to do next? It's what we were saying in episode two, where it feels like every scene has a purpose. Like even right, if it's slow, exactly. even if it's just people talking, it is right. evolving characters. It is moving yeah. the story into in new directions. It right. keeps it interesting because yeah. it's not just them yeah. talking about random it's, it's things. Not meand- yeah. It's yeah. not meandering into random places and just going off of tangents. And yeah. and the audience is like, well, what, did we really need to waste our time with that? Yeah, it's, it's always like either world building, moving the story along, or fleshing out a character, or in some scenes doing all three at once, which is which is amazing. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. So yeah, so that was just like a tiny little scene, and he, like you said, like he he finds his groove, he drops it, and he just walks back into the cockpit, where where which is where we're seeing the the shot from, and uh, yeah, a lot of those Joker type shots, which will come later, which which was my favorite montage. Uh, of of this whole thing that that got me, I was like, man, all right, we'll get into that. So next scene, we're at um, uh, we're at Vel and um, Cass, and she's sort of explaining to him what what Aldani is and who the Aldanis were, and that they were here for centuries, and the Empire just came through and drove them away to a different place for uh, within a decade. And uh, she explains that it's the perfect hub for distribution if you're trying to take over the galaxy. So that's why it's sort of like uh, uh, an important location. Another great night. Yeah, exactly. 
and uh uh cast sort of asks like so who are we supposed to be like you know in this area like she sees like there's still uh shepherds and or nature lovers yeah right <laughs> I, I did it Damn i finally uh, no but did you uh hear my <laughs> my uh finally referencing shepherds what? and or nature lovers what is that referencing and or oh and or oh <laughs> did they say that in the show yeah no i i i i i made note of it i was like okay i have, I have to make make sure i i'm i'm able to reuse that somewhere <laughs> okay. but yeah and and it was like yeah those damn hippies they're the only <laughs> ones who would be hanging out that was my second point yeah <laughs> Uh, so yeah. just doing and some shrooms, bro. Like Imperial's yeah, kind of like, what it. are you doing? He's like, yo, bro, just doing yeah, some shrooms just, with some goats, uh, bro. I, I got my sheep here and some goats. They, they're bleating. I didn't even notice that in the subtitles. So they are uh, goats. I think goats bleat. Wait. They're not like some uh, um, Is that their name? Or, or that's what they're doing? No, the goats bleat. That like when they go back, like that's bleating. That's called is bleating? The, yeah, yeah. I, I never knew that. Really? <laughs> yeah, I've never. I, yeah, yeah. Learn something every day. They don't just go bow. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's that's not a scientific term. So, for... <laughs> so what does the cow do? Goes moo. <laughs> uh, well, so no, I don't know. They, it, it probably does something. There's mooting. But yeah, goats bleat. bleat. It's either goats or uh, sheep. I'm not sure, but I think it's goats. Okay. Uh, but yeah. And uh, mystics, and so yeah, and so uh, now we get to Dedra uh, entering Blevin's office, and they have a small little conflict about uh, Blevin denying her request to give her access to this, and we have some more character development of Blevin saying like, "How long have you been here? Just a year, you know. I would warn you from trying to climb up the corporate ladder too quick." And I was like, "This all really seems very cliche, but <laughs> but, I, but it's cool. Like I like I'm glad we're understanding the character. We're understanding these weird uh, named people, but like from a point of view where I can like even someone like me can understand what who they are within this universe. So I guess it's that perfect balance of being too simple and too human uh relatable and just having names like bix and and having like random alien shit again it's the juxtaposition of the environment and the yes. look of everything with it being so mundane and the way that they they're yeah. talking about everything and yeah. it's, i think that's what's making it so interesting that that, that right. cocktail right exactly and he mentions he's like hey you fall here you fall alone and it's like, and that's a good little insight into how people are even within this environment. It is very cold and very corporate-like where everyone is in it for themselves. And I will compare that later on when we meet the other people. Yeah, I mean, and it's totally a little one percentage kind of, yeah, you know, mentality. Yeah, yeah. Every, every single employee is in it, in it for himself. They're not a team, but they have to work as a team. But everyone's trying to like, you know, replace someone or like, uh, get someone like move into someone else's office and get them out and very cutthroat and uh, yeah and there we go and then we see uh clem and vel 
hiking at night and we see the two moons I didn't or the two that. suns the two suns i don't know i don't know which which of the two it is you didn't see that well if it's night wouldn't it be moons i'm not sure actually maybe it was the sun's setting because isn't that um uh what luke was looking at it was the two moons two sun setting but it looks like yeah. two moons because they look white so maybe yeah. they have two moons as well Again, I I didn't even notice. That's a cool detail. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And because they have the second moon in the little back, and they have like it covered. Most of it is covered with clouds. Okay. So it wasn't like out like. So that's one more thing where it's like the member berries that we talked about between this compared to Rogue One, where Rogue One is like every time there was a member berry in it, it was like, hey, look, 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 remember this, remember this, and in this, sure. it's like it's just there because that's the universe you're in. These things are going to be there, but they've made sure to make it a point where even when they show it, it's like it's in the background and you may not even notice it. And maybe if you look around, you're like, oh, look, there's the two moons. And it's not like, hey, look, there's two moons. Remember that? Remember when Luke was looking at those two suns? We know Star Wars, guys. Come on. We're fans and we know we love fans. And it wasn't like in your face, like just gross and obnoxious uh, fan service, where it's just like, it wasn't even fan service. It was just there because this is the universe that they're in and they're just paying attention to their details. Yeah, good. Yeah. And so, yeah, so they're hiking back to the place and now we're, we start getting introduced uh, slowly to the new members of the rebellion, starting with two white guys, uh, two British white guys. And they notice that, um, um, what's her name? Vel is coming back and it's Cassian and one. <laughs> do you get that joke yes. again nice character moment with her, with the gun going right. there bang yeah. you're dead yeah. everybody yeah. got yeah. murdered in their sleep and like yeah. you're going <laughs> like, oh he's like don't, don't tell her and he's like you're going to tell her and you figure out yeah. quick because I think she's coming <laughs> right right and I, I, I liked also Aunt, uh, Cassian with the poncho gave a lot of like yeah. uh, western vibes of who's the stranger mm. coming into that town right yeah, I agree. And then um, we're now one by one. Obviously, everyone we start seeing all the other uh, re uh, rebels of the of the alliance, and you can see that everyone's they they start asking each other, "Hey, do you know who she's with? Do you know who she's with?" And they're like, "No, I thought, I thought you, you would. would know. I thought you would know." <laughs> and everyone starts popping up the thing and see Vel coming and. And she starts introducing everyone to Cass. And this is where we get to our uh, amazing... Uh, yeah, you want, you want to say something? Yeah, yeah, right. Did you notice that they had basically what looked like AK-47s? Yes. No, I didn't notice that. But I noticed that they had like machine guns. like with the Yeah, helmet, like some I... sort of... Like, it, it didn't look like a laser gun. It looked like yeah. they had a bullet magazine on it. Yeah, and have you seen that in Star Wars before? I think it's always been laser so. guns. Oh yeah, that's true. Actually, right? I, I didn't notice that. Like, yeah, it, it I, was it, it stuck out to me because some it happened in Halo in the TV show as well, where for some reason everybody was using actual AK forty sevens. You know, like this is thousand. Well, th that is different because it's thousands of years in the future in uh, of humanity. And like, why would they still use the same guns? But here, I guess it's not that, but it's still interesting to just see 
is that a laser magazine <laughs> or is he going Probably. to shoot actual bullets at people? I don't know. It it, it looks cool. I totally get it. It yeah. looks cool, but it's stuck at well. See, I, there is like, yeah. there, there is magazines on blasters. Yeah. You know, like there is the the stormtrooper mm. blasters have magazines. Even I mean the uh, Han Solo's blaster. I don't think we ever seen him use a magazine, but it's like a, a World War Two gun or World War One mm. pistol turned into a blaster. But this one just straight up looked very much like a assault rifle more than before. I don't know. Maybe it's literally just that the 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 shape of it. It probably is just a blaster. But yeah, they look they look exactly like I have the scene here, and they look exactly like assault rifles. Yeah, and the color, the look, the design, and my guess is that they're just trying to make like tell us that this is what this is the lower class weapon, like where these rebels would. Because because the moment I saw those, I actually didn't even make that. Uh, uh observation that you did uh my 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 thing was just like it just looked like a regular like rebel alliance that you would see like in like you know like in like like uh, in a time base right now or like uh in earlier world war type movies i just usually where, like they, they usually take guns that exist in our world but like update right. them a bit and yeah. just this time it just didn't feel like they updated them yeah. that much mm. you know so I hope they they use them later because I'd be interesting to see what. Yeah, that would be cool to see. Yeah, yeah, right. I think they would if they shoot out lasers. Looking at the way they're the way they look and the nozzles and everything, it would. I think the lasers would look really weird. I think That's it would look really I, weird. I was I was thinking that too, but I'm trying to think right, right now. If, like, if you really look at a blaster from like a stormtrooper, mm. it is like it looks kind of like a rifle. But right. Like, they still did enough where mm. like it has the features of a rifle but it looks right. futuristic in that one right. sense where this looked very old school but it doesn't even look like an assault rifle we would use now it uses like it looks like an right. assault rifle from like a, a while back yeah. yeah right well we'll see if they use it i think i hope they use it yeah me too yeah but uh so now clem uh sorry uh vel starts introducing cast to all our very diverse a group of rebels very racially diverse and uh the the I'm, I'm guessing i'm guessing they're very racist against uh far east asian people because that's the only race that wasn't represented in this entire rebel alliance i was amazed at at how, <laughs> at, at how like okay so i have a question here okay where it's like first of all it's this is the facade that everyone wants to show where it's like forced diversity and it just looks so on the nose where you have an Indian woman, a brown-skinned woman, you have a black person, you have two white people, a white lady, and now a, a Hispanic man. And it's like, really, the seven people that are fighting this mission, you you were able to find each person, and each of them has like a specific thing that they do. And they all just... and. Well, but on have, the other side, it's they like have what two else? black people and two girls. Well, well the second one, yeah. Would it be better well, if they were all white? Well, so that's my question. But that's what I was thinking. Obviously, the first thing when you see this, the first thing you notice is like, how how diverse they are. And my next question to myself was that, well, what would be better than that in today's day and age? But also think about think about it this way we are in space a long long time ago where people can right. hop from planet to planet 
everybody shouldn't be looking the same. You know, no, 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 I, I agree than... with that. Like it makes sense when there's like townspeople. It just stood out so much because there's like seven people and they all covered every single race except for the Far East Asian. That's the only they're able to cover. That's my they, thing. They realized they it was getting to too much. They, they were like, <laughs> exactly. okay, let's go with double exactly. black guy instead yeah. of that. Double black or double. They have two white guys. Yeah. I and and a white lady. And, the uh, studio. Well, yeah. well, how did you feel about the who looks like an Indian or Pakistani brown lady? I, I, so, so again, I have no issues. I have, I have absolutely no problems with what? anyone looking a certain way. But, yeah. uh, but my, my point was my it was just a funny observation where it's like there's seven people and and this it kind of took me out of the story because like I could now see like this behind the studio where it's like oh we have to hire this person we have to hire this person and we have well, to throw them all in this one little group. <laughs> my thought there was more that I think. I thought it was interesting to to have that lady included, and I was trying to think back how many brown people have been oh, in Star right, Wars. Oh, from and, that point of view, and I don't think I probably there have been other ones, but I think prominently right. there was only Riz Ahmed in Rogue One, who was right, really, yeah. like representing. Well, the, Salman was there in in the first couple of episodes. Well, yes, but but, she, but he's not as brown looking. Like she straight up just looked like an yes, Indian lady. Yes, Indian, uh, yeah. and I, Indian person. I just can't remember if he had seen that before in Star Wars. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, that's true, actually. So in that sense, I was like, it was nice. And it, they didn't make like a big thing out of her. You know, she's just like, yeah, that's... No, so, so that's the cool part where it's like, they're just regular people. They have their names. Uh, like, it, it was just funny to me, like just seeing... Yeah. I was because I, I was half expecting it to happen where I'm like, because because again, like I asked myself the question where it's like, what else are the studios supposed to do? Like no matter what they do, if they don't do this, they'll get butchered for it. If they do it, then it's like, but so they might as well do it. Right. Like I'm glad to have all the representation, Honestly, but I just feel like if, if it, it doesn't hurt the story a little better. Right? If it doesn't hurt the story, I think it's okay because I, you know, I, I give I more people work more right. like races and colors right like why not it's like if it doesn't need to be a certain race then right. let it be whoever is best for that role yeah but but that's my point where where this seemed well, maybe like they, they were, were maybe they were for what maybe, is they they, were, maybe they looked around and they're just like uh, turns out that like you guys are it well i said like the i think the biggest thing that stood out to me to this group was uh that like i said they did not look like leads for that for a big star wars show where i don't know right. that's why i feel like maybe they're disposable but at the same time they they have i think they chose that specific look for you for for the the, the look of the show and the story but again they're writing the the dynamic the way that everything unfolds with these guys you're immediately in right yeah i agree Another uh, funny thing that I just wanted to point out that it also feels like the facade of uh, forced diversity in real life, where you have this full group of diverse people uh, that you're trying to portray as like virtue signaling led by a white lady, but the strings are all being pulled by uh, an old white man. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I was like, I know that's that's me like spreading it apart, but I thought that was funny that that it, it's kind of like art imitates life, you know? 
but yeah so anyways uh off of that tangent uh we're now introduced to our rebel alliance and they're actually a really cool group of characters well is and it the rebel Tre- alliance or just like one suicide squad Ooh, well it's kind of the same thing though right i guess that was the thing that luthan was saying was like are those all the same thing and it was like what right. else are they whatever yeah Cassian and says. and and one yeah i'm glad you brought that up because i forgot to mention that they both agree on it but for different reasons that was very interesting to me uh luthan says aren't they the same things because he agrees they're the same things Cass says aren't they the same things because he agrees but in his mind it's like dude they're all suicide squads and in his mind they're like they're rebel alliances fighting for the greater good even yeah. though they have different names so yeah, so I'm glad you brought that up because I actually I wrote it down, but I forgot to mention it. Uh, yeah, and uh, so now they're mentioned to. Should I take their uh, take their names? Should I uh, in- introduce them? Uh, if you want to, really quickly. <laughs> All right. Sure. Uh, uh, okay. Because I don't know uh, if, uh, even now if you'll do it if I remember them later. Go for it. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'll try because it, it'll actually be kind of weird. Referring to them as a uh, white person, black person. Yeah, I guess, I guess. Right? So I, it'll be good for us to... We just so refer to them as the guy, what he's doing. Right, we could do that too. But, but it's still like, uh, I'm, I'm not fully sure exactly what their positions are. So <laughs> it'll be cool. So, okay, so he introduces them like, hey, this is Clem. He's, uh, he's always been part of the plan. And they're like, oh, no, blah, blah, blah. They're disputing. And then she's like, that's Keen. That's the older white guy. And there's Terramin. Ter- that's the uh, big black guy with the machine with the assault rifle. Then we come to uh, Nemec. He's the he's the young kid, a uh, young white kid who was uh, who fell asleep in the beginning, and he's kind of like a thing. And then there's Sinta, who's the who's like the medic nurse. That's her Sinta. That's the brown lady. Sita. Sita. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> See, that's what they could have done with Salman. <laughs> where it didn't need to be so on the nose they could have just maybe spelled Salaman. it differently that's yeah Salaman. Salaman. <laughs> something like that yeah okay uh Sinta and uh everybody's just sort of upset with Vel that uh she didn't tell them that uh she's like hey we we're short a man and and you see Taramin says like hey can I just have a word with you Vel and Vel's like no let's get Clemson then first so that small little thing i wanted to mention here is that now that we're uh well firstly i wanted to mention this was my matrix reference okay i was waiting for it okay is this the one is this where, what you thought as well where it feels like neo being introduced to the crew and nemic is mouse exactly there we go there <laughs> we go because he's also the guy who he's the architect he's building the yes little models. exactly yeah, yeah yeah it's almost identical to that so i'm guessing it was a deliberate reference then if if both of us realize that and if you remember from the devil kinesa they all died yeah. mm, i didn't remember that that's probably maybe in revolutions right no in the first the cypher what's his name pulls the pluck on everybody and shoots. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Tank and you know. and so this guy remind me of Tank a lot, Terramin. Okay, right, because he is the big black guy with the gun. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> simplifying so it a bit, but yeah, no, but they, they, they look they look similar, <laughs> and they have like that. especially when you have like a guy like Nemec, who's oh so okay, 
So I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't think of that. Who do you think could be that guy? Uh, that, that Cypher. Yeah. You the, think one of them the, could be the, on there? Maybe Skeen? Yeah. The, Keen? Skeen? What is his name? Skeen. Skeen. Skeen, the guy who woke up Keen. the, the mouse, Yeah, Nemec. Yes. <laughs> Nemec. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. And his name is like Skeen. It sounds like a skeevy type of a name, you know? And out of all of them, he was the only one I gave a bit of a shady vibe off. Right, yeah. right. Caraman seems like a, a well, like a proper he's, soldier type of yeah, guy. He's just worried about the mission where it's like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. It's been three days. Right. You know. Asinta is just like a nurse medic type of person. Yeah, Nemec is just she like... She has no problem. She, she's, right. she probably just finds Endo heart and she's like, yeah, let's right. go. And Lisa can die looking at him. Uh, you look hot with your beard with, or shame. Yeah, you know. I mean, <laughs> did you just shave that? Right. It looks amazing. Yeah. Dude, is that why you shaved for this episode? Yeah, <laughs> no, I was going to say that. So, I was going to, I was so like, uh, like once I shaved, I was like, oh no, we're recording this episode today. Cause we're, so, I was like, uh, this is the one time where I was like, oh shit, I wish we did this earlier. Now it just looks like I fucking shaved. <laughs> just, it's just already, uh, you're in character for the episode. I'm in, I'm in character. Exactly. You gotta do that. I was gonna, yeah, there we go. I was going to tie my, when I had longer hair. I was going to tie my hair if we were going to do the Thor review. I was going to do that full bun that he has like when he's like meditating in the beginning of the scene. Yeah. I hope you use the knife to shave. <laughs> you nice gold blade. With, like, full, like <laughs> fucking like my face is like carved off. <laughs> for the pod. But yeah, for the pod, man. For the pod. And uh, yeah, so I'm glad, I'm glad we both made that, uh, that, 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 that comparison. Of Matrix, and so yeah, and uh, now it's uh, so yeah. The uh, thing I wanted to mention was that uh, that Terman saying like, "Hey, can I work with you?" And Vel's like, "Hey, no, 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 let's get him settled in." So the com the comparison between now that we've met this group, this team, and another team, the bureau team, where you have a clear leader, and then you have people following them, and how even though um even though they have like both of them are leaders but but the way the sort of this i don't want to call them subordinates but the subordinates interact with the leader is completely different where here there's such a so much of a human vibe and there it's completely detached and cold where it's like just about the numbers just do your job and don't talk about anything else i don't want to hear anything else that's what the chief was like you were you were mentioning how everything he was just so short and concise and to the point, and he didn't want to mention or hear any other nonsense, even an extra word. Also how with the Imperials, it feels also mundane, where yeah. versus here, everything feels so intense and like Right, serious. and everything's a surprise. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, 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 and also how the two leaders, where the chief is so, he knows exactly what to say, what not to say, what, what's on his mind, what's not on his mind, and Vel is like unsure, She's put in, like, she's given this situation that she doesn't know how to handle. And now there's, like, kind of like a small little conflict between her and her, where there's no conflict on, on the other side. The conflict is between the two uh, employees, but not within the authority and the subordinate. So, so we'll keep coming back to that from time to time, the more we get introduced to these people. And now we get to my favorite montage of my favorite character that just completely stole the whole episode for me is we just see this 
low uh, scenes of um, Karn. And I made it mention that he's now Karn. He's no longer Cyril. He's now transformed. He's now Karn. And sooner than later, he's going to become Deputy Inspector Karn. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's going to be like, okay. So now we see him arrive on a station, which is this like a regular train station. And he's just got, because we didn't know what was going to happen. Like the Blevin was just like, you're not going to be replaced, but you're like on leave. He's kind of getting suspended, right? That's kind of the vibe that we got. Yeah. And now we just see him in like this quote and he's got like uh, two suitcases and he's just walking and he's just walking and, and you just elevator. see him and this long, he's walking through this bridge and you see the shot from like far away with all these like buildings that look identical to each other. And his theme music is playing, which was like, it's giving me goosebumps just remembering. Like, I'm not even looking at the scene. I can just picture it. And I, the music is playing in my head and it's like this, it starts off like, like when he was in the office and his music, it, you kind of heard like a glimpse of his music. And it was like this sort of like deep, dark music. And, and like, he seemed kind of disturbed. At first I was like, you know, you had all these things, but in this, I was like, like, he looks kind of like mental, like, and disturbed. And then you see him walk through all this and you see like, it's, it sort of starts becoming sad yeah. and like pathetic. And like he starts coming off as like shots. a loser. Yeah. And he comes off as like a loser. And that's when I got like Joker vibes of like Joker just walking back to his house. Those long ass and he's climbing the stairs. My thought was like even Star Wars has a hood. <laughs> oh, right. Exactly. Because it looks so dingy. It right. looks so dirty. Everything. Yeah. Right. And also it gave me a lot of vibes of like Judge Dredd and their uh what what do they call it the mega city that they have or yeah, like even right. like we we've seen this before this this whole like everything the same even that just like that in star wars people have those sort of apartments it's just so cool right. to see. I don't yeah know why. so we get we get to that where it's like i wanted to mention the the elevator scene where literally he's in the elevator and the elevator is going down and then you see he like he could clearly as an actor, just he's got this look and he's just looking out the window and then he just starts looking down and, and, and he goes from like, I, I, I try to like write it in a, in a thing where, where it's like, he goes from stern to disturbed to like, just plain sad and like ordinary. And he's just some guy who's like, you know, where his character started off from like this soldier cool vibe into this action scene. And now he's just like. Blah, like and, and then he he comes into like this apartment building that that just <laughs> looks like so dingy like you said but it's it it and then he and then the scene stops he rings the bell and you see this lady opens this like weird looking lady and he's like mother and that's it that's the only thing he says yeah amazing and <laughs> she looks at him and she slaps him and the best is you see in the background out of focus. Yes, that's like, my favorite scene. <laughs> somebody just watches. I love that they also went back to being like, get the hell out of here. And she's like, oh, that's my favorite scene. <laughs> that, that, that was the favorite scene that I wanted to make a note of that the not just like, okay, so first she slaps him and then she just hugs him and then she's like crying. And then all of a sudden she shouts at that old lady and the re you can't even see the old lady's face properly because it's so out of focus. Yeah, but she's but there you the can whole see time. Her go like she's there the whole time just watching. 
Yeah. And you know you that this is exactly what happens in real life. Yeah. And then the moment she goes, hey, what the hell are you looking at? And she goes, oh my God. And she goes, oh, and oh yeah, I have some else to do. I, have some... <laughs> look, look at this I laughed so hard it looking at her face in that. It was just like, I was, I was laughing like... the second she was in the background. But it's like, yeah, that's right. hilarious. There's just somebody who's watching. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and like, especially like the, it, like looking at it as like the end to this long ass montage of no dialogue, this slow music's him just walking back, just we're just looking at scenery from scenery. That's it. And it ends with this, with like, you know, like you and and this one little scene. So I'm gonna go off on a tangent here where it's all based on this and and like hopefully I'm gonna make some predictions here, okay? I'm gonna it it really made me wanna assume what his backstory is and where his character is gonna go from here. So firstly, it was like the Joker vibes I got was like him going back to this dingy apartment with his mother and uh, him just being like the sad loser type of a person, right? Where the Joker is trying to become a comedian and he always tried to be a badass soldier. And here's the other um, uh, assumption I'm going to make is that it's almost like I th what what in my opinion may have happened is that I think it's when he was a kid, his father may have been like an imperial officer or like in the security guard or something. And then he must have gotten like killed or something by some rebel or some guy who sort of belongs to a Morlana type of an environment. And that made Cass, uh, that made Karn want to be a badass soldier like his dad and avenge his dad and fight in his honor, right? That's why he's so emotional about two cops being murdered and the office, like the bureau, like the whole department not doing anything about it but his mother seeing how his father ended up never wants his wanted her son to be, go into that and he rebelled against her and joined the forces and is now back to her where she's like she slaps him for being defiant but she's also glad that he's back alive unlike her dad unlike his dad and I think these parallels of him and Cass's father are going to come into play later on. Nice. You got all of that from mother. I like that. That's it. That's it, dude. From this whole scene and him <laughs> just saying mother and what his interaction between them and him just, he literally had the same look on him the entire time his mother slapped him, hugged him, yep. and was crying and brought him in. It felt like he didn't think he was ever going to come back here. And right, like, exactly. Yeah. And neither did the mother. Yeah, yeah, because she was surprised to see him yeah yeah he, okay. he exactly he got yeah. his tail between his legs where the mother was like if you go you're going and he's like i'm gonna go and i'm gonna honor my dad and then something similar happens and now he's got so that's why it seemed like he was so out of his element in that first of uh, uh duty to like actually go fight on morlana where i think he waited his entire time in the corporals where he was just waiting for a moment like this to fully actually act out his fantasies and avenge his dad rather than fight in his honor. honor. And it's the inverse of Cass, where, yeah. where you see things from his perspective and he's not some like cool, uh, you know, upper class type like guy. Uh, he's just some guy that belongs to like a middle class. And, and him having this showed me all three classes within the Star Wars universe. Nice. And we're going to get to upper class later on. Yeah, it'll be where, interesting to see if you're yeah. correct. 
Right. I, 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 I mean, I hope they can do anything with him and it'll be interesting, but I, I have a feeling that that might be, that might be it. And that would be kind of cool. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I have a lot more notes written on it, but I, I won't, uh, I won't go deep, deeper into it. But it was, it's amazing seeing, we talked about how he says one line and you can put together so much of character and, and you're just speculating and speculating and so fa- uh, uh, in, in, in enamored by him and, and his acting. And uh, yeah. So now we get to, we go back to the rebels arguing over Clem and why they weren't told and consulted and Vel says like, oh no, 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 I trust him, I trust him, don't worry. And now we get, get to uh, Luthen's uh, a different uh, profession where he's on Coruscant and he's an art dealer. So now artifact it's like, oh, dealer. okay, artifact dealer, right? And and you're like, oh, now it kind of makes sense why he was getting into a character like that. And and then we see a character. Uh, I wanted to ask you how you felt about this. Where I think she's an important character. Where she's yeah, Moth Mothra. She's been Mon, no Mon Mothma. Mon Mothra. Sorry, Moth. You said Mothra. Yeah, <laughs> Moth, <laughs> my, Mothra. my my. My phone uh, autocorrected it to Mothra's. <laughs> now, uh, she was basically in the original trilogy, um, but not played Rogue by the One. same actress. And then, yes, this actress played it, her in Rogue One. And she's yeah. in a deleted scene of, I think, episode three or something like right. that. And right. yeah, she's amazing. That Like, she's obviously yes. made it even in the little bit that she's done so far. So I'm glad that she's like a big part of yeah. the show, apparently, because she's great. But here's the part that stuck out to me. Yeah. Her yes. ship, when she comes her in. Her ship, her car. Her car. It looks so weird. And then the whole time yes. I was I was looking at it, is it because the one thing that's easy to make in CGI is metal. It's right. one of the things they figured out first is how to make metal in CGI. So I've, that's why I was like, this can't be, like this has to be, there has to be a purpose to this. Where like the design was just too smooth. And it's based on like the ships that they use in Coruscant, and they kind of tried to implement that into like a hover sh- car or whatever she was using, um, like w- with her chauffeur. And it was supposed to be this classy thing, but it it looked really weird. It it looks yes. like uh, I, I, it looked like a like a like a like a candy car from like a '90s music video. Yes, exactly. It looked like CGI from the '90s at first. And- and that's what made me uh, ask the question was that you think it was on purpose where they know that they're going to uh, add stuff from the prequels. Did they do it on purpose where they tried to make it close to the prequels, even though they look like that, because that's what the computer graphics were like that. But so that's my question used, to you, because they could have easily made it look better. They've used other things from the prequels and other properties of Star Wars where they didn't do that. So why would they do it now? No, no, no. But like, I, I, like that's what I'm saying. Like maybe the writers or the show creator did it deliberately where they're like, no, we're going to try and we're not going to, uh, we're not going to uh, act like we're better than maybe they're just trying to pay respect and homage to George Lucas himself. Where we're like, we're not going to out try and outdo you that. So because, because that's a, the moment I saw that, that stood out to me so much based on every other type of location and CGI moment we've seen in the show. And now we're in like, our like second we're in the second hour of this whole content and we've seen so much so much detail where everything is so detailed and every 
everything is used so like sleek things look sleek janky looks things look janky real things look real why does this look because i think like this was the only prequel thing that they've used so far but that's why i'm like maybe they were just trying to be like we're just gonna make it look like it did in the prequel but just update it a little bit so that it doesn't stand out as much maybe that be. was it it could be it seemed like a deliberate right. choice it's it's either right. a deliberate choice or it's some sort of shot that they had to do like last week and this is the best mm. they could do <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. I like, like, both they had a very plausible. important character scene in it that that went on for a while so i'm guessing that that was written into the into the show yeah but maybe it was more about like originally she just like walks into luthan's shop mm. and then leaves but they really wanted that shot of her like looking or they had the shot of her looking down at the shop oh, right because you thinking, don't see the car yeah right and maybe originally the car wasn't supposed to be there and somehow last minute they're like right. no let, let's add those two shots of the car coming in and leaving just to give it a little bit more world building and like right you know give a a vehicle that we can sell later as a toy or something right but again but even then even then yeah, they could yeah. have made it look better i because my only thing is it's not about like the fact that whether it looks bad or good it's more so about how close it looks to what it looked like in the prequels like it's in terms still, of graphics but itself but it still stuck out so much compared to everything that, else, so, so that's, that's the problem thing. because the, or maybe another another uh point uh, idea i had was that Maybe they wanted to stick out so much because Coruscant uh, um, <laughs> is the capital of the Coruscant. galaxy. Like they, oh, Coruscant. Coruscant. <laughs> no, it's is Coruscant. That, is that what you were saying earlier? Yeah. Like that's that's why I didn't there's understand. And didn't yeah, understand what you're talking about, Coruscant. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you don't know that. that that's the capital, Coruscant. Is like maybe yeah, I guess Coruscant. I never knew the name, Coruscant, bro. <laughs> Coruscant, dude. That's yeah. the blue. That's from the blooper reel of uh, Kid Anakin from Phantom Menace. He kept saying Karuskind, and there's like George Lucas just getting fed up, saying like, "Cut, we'll just do it later." <laughs> I have not. I've seen, seen that in like in like so many like other reviews and stuff where <laughs> where that where the moment I saw this, I was like, "Oh my god, it's Karuskind!" <laughs> I was so lost. Yeah, yeah I'm oh, so confused. Go, go, go. All right, go. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought maybe you got that. <laughs> But yeah, so Coruscant, it, because it's the capital of the galaxy, they want it to stand out as like, this is super duper upper class. And it's like, it's going to look very different from everything else that that is in this universe. It's not just some rich pl place. It's like the richest of place. So maybe that's why. Yeah, I still think they could have given the metal some sort of texture. There it was go. so that, flat. That's my point too. You know, that's my point as well. Look like Windows well. three point five type animation. That that that's my that's the thing where it looked where it's again like I said like it's not that it's I'm it not even commenting on whether prequels, it's good or bad. Honestly, but it it just looks so similar to that where I'm like I that has to be a deliberate choice given how much detail they've put into every single thing so far. So they I'm were, just gonna like yeah, yeah. They, I'm gonna give them credit for that. It's thing. a prequel to a movie from from the seventies, so. Right. Maybe they were like, you know, like, had they CGI, would they have right. had CGI in the <laughs> exactly. 70s? This is what it would look like. Exactly. Yeah. They should have just used the uh, model. I agree. They're there, yeah. Well, maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll find out after the show is done. We'll get, we'll do some interview checking and stuff like that. We'll see. Yeah, what sure. We'll check it out. I, I'm, I'm sure people will be questioning about this.
They yeah. usually right, do so, very good breakdowns on Disney Plus for these shows. The making mm, of. The commentary and, yeah, commentary and stuff. And they do like a full hour, hour and a half. Right. Like, little documentary on the making of. Mm. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll do a part on that as well. I'm done. Yeah. Once, we, once we're done with the full show. Yeah. Because it'll be cool to have all these questions compiled and then have them maybe hopefully answered in, in those things. Or not, not answered. That will be answering questions itself. So, <laughs> all right. So now we're introduced to young Senator Mon Moth, Mon Mothma, and um, uh, she meets Luthen, and you see that they 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 know each other from before, and that they have a sort of uh, relate not relationship in that sense, but like they they've they've dealt with each other before, and um, Clea, who's the assistant of Luthen. He mentions that she, uh, Mon, uh, Mon Mothma is with a new driver. Yeah. And that comes in later where you're like, oh, okay, so assistance in it as well, where the assistant, where then they start talking about artifacts and stuff like that. And uh, the Clea, uh, Luthen's assistant, sort of distracts the driver. And she's like, hey, let me show you something. And, and very, yeah. There's a lot of Easter eggs in those artifacts, I think, because right. I'm pretty sure I saw a Gungan uh, shield from the oh, Phantom really? Menace. So, yeah, there's probably yeah. a lot of cool stuff in there. This probably, this happens after Phantom Menace, right? Yeah. Right, right. This happens before A New Hope. Right, right, okay. So it's after, it's between uh, Revenge of the, oh no, yeah, Revenge of the Sith and Rogue One, I guess. I think, yeah. All right. So uh, she distracts the. Sith that's called the third one of the prequel. That's the third one, right? Yeah. Isn't that the third one of the original trilogy? That's Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Then what was the second How do one? I... Well, Attack of the Clones. How do I know more about this than you? <laughs> no, Attack of the Clones was the prequel second one. What was right. the second one from the original trilogy? Em Empire Strikes Back, the, literally the only movie that's held this entire it's franchise, too, this billion-dollar franchise together. It's, it's, it's too late, bro. That's it's what, too late, dude. <laughs> that's what's happening. <laughs> my brain can't remember these things. I'm so confused. Oh, my God. I'm like, Karaskin, right. what is this? Karaskin? All right, we're, we're, all, we're almost there. We're, we're, uh, yeah, we're almost there. We're we're halfway through. <laughs> we we'll, we we'll try and we we'll, we'll try and power through. We'll try and power through this quickly. Um. So yeah. So they sort of get back into the back room and then they immediately break character into their spy role and we're like, oh okay. So she's a spy and he's a spy. Obviously we know that he's a spy, but uh, we sort of get to know what like Mon Mothma is a spy within the Imperial Order and. Uh, she, I think, takes out funds, and I think that's her job, where she gives funds to Luthen to fund all these other things. And uh, you can tell by the relationship where Luthen is sort of in, like superior to her as well in terms of chain of command. And uh, she's like really scared. She's like, um, I feel like I'm under siege. There's a new imperial by every uh, every day, and uh, I'm getting a new driver. And the moment all this was happening, the first phrase that went through my mind was. Finally, we're in a Star Wars spy thriller. It's happening. After three episodes where it felt like more of like a, like a Blade Runner type thriller, like dingy and film noir type thriller, we're now in a spy thriller based in the Star Wars universe. And things are, there's tension and there's uh, deceit and we don't know what's really going on and mystery like you mentioned. And yeah. And I said, yay. And... Uh, 
and then he 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 gives her he they mention like don't worry and he gives her sort of like a kind word in uh, code and he gives her uh, uh, an artifact and he's like you can give this to your husband and we're like oh she has got a husband so that's how she's in, involved in this and, yeah, the, uh, yeah the two things i really liked in the scene were first of all the the start of where you at first not sure what the hell's going on and then luthan's assistant taking the driver away and you already kind right. of like oh okay okay they're about to and then they like disappear in the back and i liked also that she's telling luthan that she's bringing in a new guy the way same oh, way that right. luthan just did that to somebody right. else and he's like what the hell well, how can yeah. you do like what the, what is this and uh also i like the line of like of course that uh, you can trust me if like this blows up it's me first i'm the face right. of this operation yeah i'm gonna fall first and yeah, yeah. So you, so you see what so you, so you see what's at stake for our characters and you see yeah. why why they feel the way they do it's not just like they're involved in some plot you see how like them being in these uh these really tense situations is keeping them tense and 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 how scared they are and how vulnerable they feel and we we understand the gravity of the situation by by just these character moments yep and yeah and uh they uh, give a kind word to each other and she leaves and she said, and then there's this nice little shot of her just sitting in the car, and you can see that she lets out a long sigh, and she's really scared. And you're like, oh shit, like, you know, so if she seen, because the scene started off with her being like in that same character, but we don't see her get into character like we saw uh, Luthen. Yeah. So we don't really know. And then we see her be herself in the middle, and then at the end, where you're like, now you see how she really feels even when because even when she's with Luthen, she's trying to put up a brave front. She's telling him how she feels, but we don't really see it because she's trying to stay in between those two characters of um, the Imperial character and the brave front that she's trying to put up to Luthen. And then now the third is her by her by herself sort of in the back of this car where she's just really scared. And it's amazing how in just one scene you we got introduced to this new character and we see well who she is, what she's up against, and how she really feels all about it, and what is her what is her significance in this entire story, and how she's connected to other characters. And this is just one scene. We get to know all these things. And now we move to back to the rebel base where we are now introduced to Lieutenant Gorn. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you've played Gorn. Uh, it kind of made me smile when when they said Lieutenant Gorn. He's okay. the black man. Oh, you haven't played Gorn in VR? It's, it's really As fun. I would call it's, that it's... A, a camp more than a base. Right, okay. I... <laughs> right, you're right. It's got like a tent. And that's <laughs> it. <laughs> you're right. It's, it's a, their rebel base camp. And you see Lieutenant coming on a speeder. And um, Cass is like, hey, what's up? And Sinta's like, don't worry, he's with us. And he's he's super upset about Clem, and um, Val introduces them together, and you see like Clem and uh, Gorn have nice little banter between. Uh, Clem's like, "Whoa, what do you mean you're not unsure about what and this and that?" And uh, uh, you sort of they sort of have now conflict and drama between them, Gorn and uh, Clem, and uh, he explains to Val. That there's patrols on Stone Canyon and there's an Imperial engineer arriving from Coruscant. Where we're like, oh, who, who's that going to be? And now we're introduced to 
Mon Mothma's house, which is the super upper class house, which was now we've seen Cass is low class. And we've seen Karn is middle class. And now we see Mon Mothma is super upper class. And you have staff everywhere and she like, you know, she just enters and everything's sleek and like super rich. And she uh, enters the this white and you know everything's glowing and you see your husband in like a bath uh, they're just sort of discussing that there's going to be a dinner tonight with the governor and this kind of friend so they're so they're having these uh high-end dinners and and she uh, you can see that there is conflict between her and the husband where the husband's like who well, have invited these people and she's like Hey, the, all these people hate me. They've, they've tried to undo everything I've tried to do. And they're like, oh, don't worry. And they're, he's trying to be smart, smart ass. And she's like not having it. And um, then yeah. there's an important moment. Yeah, sorry. But I was just going to say that the, one of the reasons I really appreciate the show so far is this exploration of the dichotomy of this universe. Where mm. just going into these different caste systems or whatever your class system, yes. whatever you want to call yeah. it um very interesting i I, it's i I love that sort of stuff where like right i'm a huge marvel fan and like i almost wish they would do more of that as well like no especially in their shows use those that time to really like explore things more like now that you have the time to do it and i really appreciate that that is Mm. kind of like so far what this show has been doing more than anything is use this time to really like flesh out ideas and the world and yeah great I feel like this yeah, show will have a huge impact on the Star Wars lore in in general. I was just going to mention that that, that that you saying all this just made me realize that we're in episode four of just one show, and I think this show has done more world building, more detailed world building of Star Wars than like any of the new movies or any of like Solo, Rogue One, any of the new trilogy movies. Obviously, they've done world building, but the way I understand it as a viewer. Where who doesn't know Star Wars, who doesn't really, I mean, I've seen the movies, but it's like, now I understand the universe of Star Wars and I understand what kind of world we're living in. And I understand, and it's literally, and it's not like, like I said before, it's not just a scene after scene of them explaining that this is what this is, this is what, you just find out as the story moves along and these things are introduced to you uh, naturally and you understand more and more and more, like in more and more detail and you start piecing things together as a viewer rather than them spoon feeding you like there's upper class and this is what things happen you just see it from how they talk to each other and you like you've seen this kind of same kind of like you said an office type of a morning meeting you've seen it in a different setting you've seen this kind of like an upper class husband wife drama in like different settings but in this it just like builds so much more character and so much more of the universe where you're like oh i'm actually interested in everything that they're saying because it's making me understand more and more information either about characters, either about the world building or the story. Where now where, where, where she gets, uh, where he makes a smart joke about saying like, she's like, oh, don't sit me next to them. And he's like, oh no, you'll be seated next to the boring uh, section. These are the fun people. And she's like, oh, you think these people are fun? You know, they've cut off the, the, the shipping uh, uh, transport path or something. She's like, do you know how many people will starve because of that? So you get to know, like, these are the people she's talking about and how she looks at them being like a rebel spy and how her husband, who's an actual upper-class guy, 
doesn't really look at these things or doesn't even really care about them, where he's just like, oh, I'm having dinner with like politicians and stuff. And uh, yeah, and, 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 a, and a small little uh, detail of like, while they're having this argument, a staff member comes in to like put the place down and Mothma's like, no, not now, get out of here. And I'm like, that seems so real, like in an upper class thing where you would just have so much staff where they would just enter these moments and they would be completely detached, but you would be like, no, 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 get out of here. And, and it's like, I, I've been in the situation that I'm not super blessed with. But yeah, I wanted to just make a note of that. And, and, a, and a small little, uh, nice little reference, referential joke of... Uh, Perrin is the name of the husband. And as uh, Mothma storms out of the dining room, Perrin's like, oh, come on, must everything be boring and sad? And I was like, oh, yeah, they're, 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 see, that's, that's nice little self-referential humor, not like She-Hulk, where it's like so on the nose and it's like patting themselves on the back for being sad. Here, it's like doled out in, in within the same plot. And, and uh, the last three episodes have been really sad and, and things are sad and boring, but they're just trying to put in levity into these kind of uh, heavy situations. I thought that was kind of fun. And now we come to your favorite scene, which is Vel going over the plan. And they've got like small little like models set up and she's explaining everything. I love the models. I love right. that they I have a like, guy wow. just to make models. Yes. And he's so into it too. It yeah. kind of reminds it's me like, of you so, setting up your Lego. Yeah. Like, hey, like, uh, be, be, be careful of that set. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I get it, bro. Yeah. What you mean? <laughs> and yeah. And they uh, introduce a Rono, which uh, uh, Cass is like a, a box freighter. And he's like, yeah, uh, well, you can fly that, right? He's like, yeah, I can pilot a box freighter. And you see like, oh, maybe that's the only reason they got him is because he can pilot that thing. Yeah. And uh he, Clem is like uh, explaining his concerns and he's unsure about the plan. He's like, what the hell? This seems crazy that those were TIE fighters. They'll easily catch you. And as he's explaining his concerns, well, all his concern, yeah. I, I don't remember what exactly it was, but they were talking about what is all at the base protecting this one entrance. And... So wait, so, so wait, so hold on with that. Uh, let, let me, let me get to that real quick. Where, uh, ka, uh yeah uh he's a uh, clem is just explaining and all his uh questions are being answered one by one by each member it's like uh you know they'll they'll catch us in a mere seconds and uh Terramin is like nine seconds we calculated and this and that and then i wanted to ask you where they start talking about that there's going to be a celestial event at a place called the uh wait for first um uh, clem calls it a, a suicide run he's like that's a suicide run and they're like, that's the only reason the Imperials only have 40 people on the lookout. Because they know that no one's going to ever try to do something like this. And but then the scene goes, it was except at the, us. When, at the beginning when the scene starts as they pull out, that's when she's saying, oh, okay, okay. there's this thing and that thing. And they're all here just to protect this one entrance. And that was the point where it was like, okay, this sounds like, fuck it. That, that's where it starts being like, okay, this sounds like crazy i forgot what it was it was like a like it sounded like a, some sort of defense drone or turret or something but just the way it sounded i was like that sounds mm. freaking serious <laughs> but yeah continue. they built like some dam or something she was explaining i remember yeah they and also could, have the yeah. river and yeah right and uh so and then she mentions this thing called the nazma brani which i wanted to ask you when they showed the little little stone model of it 
it reminded me of i'm not sure about this but it kind of reminded me of that baby yoda place in season two at the end of season two remember when baby yoda goes to goes to the special place to like sit the there and he gets yeah I maybe know. i that that it, it looked like that i'm not sure yeah and i don't remember the about, arches yeah. around grogu i thought he was just on a rock next to a tree mm, that, actually the arches is what made me kind of think of that maybe i don't know it's been a minute since i've seen it so yeah okay so that was a small little thing and then um uh lieutenant gorn explains that uh there's actually a celestial event that all the aldanis used to gather for and it's called uh this made me giggle a little bit because the way they because the way they they uh say it and he says uh, the the words in succession goes like nazma brani magbani aldani the eye of aldani and i was like did dr seuss wrote that like i was laughing so hard because they're talking about this the space event and celestial event and he's like it's the it's called the eye of aldani uh, I thought that was just uh, sounded but, really funny. But I like I, I'm. I loved. Yeah. I I'm so ready to see it where he says it. Yes. It, it drapes the entire sky yeah. in stars. Where like is that a reference to the 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 the, the wipes that Lucas always did in Star Wars? Mm. It's just kind of like a curtain. Mm. So. For me, it was just like the way he was describing it. Like it's it's like fifty meteor showers and. And it's like the window to the galaxy, and 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 it was like even Clem was like in disbelief, and he's like, "You've seen this," yeah. and 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 it keeps bringing me back to like how Clem is just some guy on some like town, where even though they're in space, they still don't know about all these like everything is so new to him in this episode, where he's finding out all these cool new things. And uh, read on him going every three years. Yeah. So, uh, uh, oh right. Oh yeah, yeah. So first, Gorn explains that he's like, I've been here for seven years, and he's seen it twice, and it happens, yeah. I think, every three years. He said, and uh, I actually didn't notice that, like, uh, but, take like too much it's, notice it's a, of that. It's a bit later, where like then he explains what what it is and so on, and then right, Cass takes like a moment to like every three years. Well, right. my first thought was like, is he wondering if this is about to like? Do, he's like doing the math. Okay, seven twice like do we have to wait two right. more years and then the 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 lady's like not mm-hmm. in three days this is what's going to happen right and stuff so i don't know I, well, that, if it's, that, if... that was my read on oh, it that, like right, he was right, maybe right, thinking right. that like how many how long till this happens again is it like years months well so, well so maybe gorn must have seen it in the first year yeah and then seen it three years later and then now it's three years later yeah something like that Right, something like that. That makes sense. But yeah, that, that that's true. I'm 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 waiting to see. I, mean, I I have a feeling maybe Gorn might be up to something because he's got those imperial robes, and you can tell that maybe he's a spy as well in the imperial thing. And he comes he comes back for, for he does come back for a quick second where where Vel's like, how much time do you have? And he's like, just a quick. And I I have like a he ma- he makes a quick mention of like I have this midnight duty or something like that. So yeah, and. uh and this really made me uh, actually really appreciate how like they've like the show has slowly started and gradually started to introduce star wars into this grungy, grungy spy thriller if you really think about it where it's like it starts off in the, on this plant on this random thing 
where everything is slow, like so dirty and thing. And then they slowly introduce spaceships. And now we're getting into the magic. It's not like all that thrown at you all at once. And it's also completely not taken out. Where I thought the whole show will just be super grounded and everything will be like more like, you know, we're going to stay away from the super fantasy stuff. We'll obviously have them in there, but it's going to be more of like a spy thriller and a bureaucratic espionage type of a thing grounded in the Star Wars universe. I love that they're introducing these kind of cool, magical kind of things, and but they're doing it slowly where you're now like, oh, okay, now we're in Star Wars. Wow, it's magic is might happen. If you want to be corny about it, you could say we're kind of like Cass on when the very beginning on the flashbacks on the planet and the show has is uh, his mom taking us on this trip and we're slowly yeah. learning about this world from the inside out. So so that's uh, I actually don't even want to be corny about it because that's exactly what I wrote where I mean not in <laughs> like not not the way you said it. You yeah. said it actually I didn't write it the way you said it where actually you uh, you're phrasing of like learning the world from inside out is very cool like i didn't actually think of it from that point of view but my, mine was just more so like uh cast is like the vehicle that exactly. we're sort of uh, witnessing the world through it's all, but like he, it's yeah. like expanding because of now luther right. and so on where like we were in cast's world and now yeah. with luther it's slowly widening exactly and at the same time with the imperials it's like growing into these different right. strands everywhere right and it's all yeah and it's all connected to everything we've known and everything is like slowly slowly progressing where it's not just all at once we're just like yeah we, we, and and the best part is that see if Cass wasn't as surprised and uh, at discovering these things we may not have been surprised because we've known star wars a lot so it's cool to see it from a, it's almost like you know where it's like you've seen all the star wars and you go and meet someone who's never seen star wars and you show them the original trilogy and you sort of live like through their Eyes, like vicariously but through. I them. would argue that like a lot of this we haven't seen in Star Wars. This is very new in right. terms of the look and the feel and everything. So right. it still feels like that. It still e feels new. Like even though there's a Tie Fighter and there's Coruscant right. and all that, but at the same time you're like, I don't know what to expect. I haven't seen this before. I can't like compare it to something else in Star right. Wars. And I think that's what keeps it very interesting. Right. It's got Star Wars elements, but it's still keeping it fresh and keeping building upon those elements rather than just rehashing old stuff. I think that's the biggest thing I have like from the show where it's in every it's integrating all those things that that the Star Wars content has built up, but it's but it's it's using elements from it, balancing out in like a very unique, fresh story, and and it's building upon new things that we're like we know magic exists. But now we're getting to see what something magical might look like to someone who's in the Star Wars and even to someone like us, where it's like new. Right? Right. All right. And now we're at uh, Mira and Blevin are sort of uh, giving their spiel to the chief back in the bureau. And uh, she's like, hey, denied my request. And um, uh, she explains that uh, she then she starts explaining to the chief that she has a hunch and uh, she's being coordinated activity of an organized rebellion. And Blevin sort of scoffs at this and uh, uh, the chief sends Blevin out and he uh, sort of reprimands again um, Mira that, hey, why do we bring you here? And, you know, you've been, you've been here two years. Uh, you're managing two sectors. Blevin is managing six sectors, so I don't want to hear about any of this. 
bring me back that you know your numbers on your other things were great bring me back more reports and don't spend your time on all this nonsense and he gives her a nice word and he tells her we're done and then he just walks out and the moment he leaves you see mira going like and you could just tell that she was like holding in like so that's another big difference in between he was like afraid of the chief whereas uh Taramin and Lieutenant Gorn, even though Vel is their leader and Vel makes the the last decisions, and there's like this difference of like democracy versus like uh I don't know what the opposite of democracy I could use, but like fascism, I guess, where you just have one person who dictates everything and you have everyone just is follows them out of fear. Whereas in in uh in the rebel alliance it's not a complete democracy even though everyone gets a say it's still wells the leader and she makes these decisions and it's just cool to see how even though there's these two similarities between how the chain of command works but still how everyone communicates with each other based on uh who the people are and where they're based yeah right Right, and now uh, we get to the last scene, which is there's a late night bonfire. Everyone's eating, and um, uh, Taramin comes to him with the little iP janky iPad. He's like, "Hey, you know how to use this device to Clem?" He's like, "Here's the Aldani phrase book," and he gives it to him, and he's like, uh, "Can I eat my food?" And she. That's and where you see like Cass is still a little shit. And I like right. how how many buttons he has to press to go through everything right. on the book. He's like, "Do you know this?" Okay, then that, that, yeah. Yeah. And at first he's like, yeah, yeah, I know this. And he gives it and, and Vel sort of just gives him an order. Like you, you're going to eat, you're going to get uh, your thing taken care of by Sinto. You're going to learn the phrase and I'm going to go take the first shift. And you just see her go take the first you, shift. You're going yeah. to learn all of this by tomorrow morning. But yes, she gives him a very direct order. Like you're going to, yeah. But I like how it was like, you know, first you're going to finish your food, then the bandages, then you're going to learn this. Like, so. Yes. We, I am your leader, but also this is a group we're working and we're in this together. Where yes. like with the Imperials, it would have been like shut up and do it. Where here it's like I heard you, that's okay. You do that thing, and then we make sure you're taken care of. But this still needs to be done. Exactly, exactly. There we go. Again, I love that's, the dynamic yeah. of everybody already. Very yeah. well done. I agree, and uh, yeah. And then you see just like the camera just holds on Cass's face and you can, I kind of took it as like, this is the first time I kind of looked, it kind of seemed to us where he seems unsure of the position that he's in and he totally feels out of his element, which is the same as Vel, which is the same as Mira in the Bureau and Karn, where they've all maybe bitten off more than they can chew. And first we saw, so we've seen uh, Cass sort of get out of situations and Karn being in a situation like this, we saw Karn fail. And now it's Cass's turn and Vel's turn and Mira's turn to, where Mira has, we haven't gotten there, but Vel and Cass's turn to really see now we're sort of out of our element. We're unsure. And are we going to triumph or are we going to fail like Karn? I could totally see it as that. Uh, for me, it, it, I saw more as like really com like confident. I don't know. Really? For me, it looked like, I don't know, like there is a look of uncertainty, but like the way that he handled right. himself in this whole group, it, it really felt like he's sussing them out and everything mm -hmm. he's hearing is like, you have it covered. Okay, that is how you, you do it. Like you see how he gets a little mm -hmm. bit excited when he's like, 
he thinks this is not possible at all. This is a suicide right. mission. But they're saying things where he's like, holy shit, okay, maybe this is possible. And like, they, they, I think for me, I felt a sense of confidence in the whole thing where in the end, I, what you said, I can totally read it as that too. But, right. but at that point, by then I was like, with him also being like, can I first eat? Like, I, I'm going to do this. Like, mm. I got this covered. Like, let me eat first. I like, I right. don't need to babysit me on this. And mm. yeah, it seems like he's finally, this is what he, where, like he's starting you could see it as he's starting to feel like this is where he belongs. This is what he's been looking for in a way where like mm. he's been this scoundrel and like doing this and that running away from war and like trying to figure out what he's supposed to do. But he's realizing that like, okay, he has a lot of people with, a, with the same, they keep mentioning this too, that like, it's the belief that mm. the, the, the little guy says that. Nemec, too, that Nemec. Nemec, he's like, I feel like he believes he has the same belief right. as we do. And that makes me want right. to trust him and all that. Right. And I feel like it's him feeling the same thing where he's like, there's people who feel the same as me. And he is, right. I can actually finally do something like Luther was been saying that like, this is actually what he has been wanting to do. Maybe he himself didn't even know. And he's starting to realize it now. He's like, oh, you know, even if it's a suicide mission, it has a purpose. There's people like me mm. right here. And I'm finding a spot of, he's finding a purpose for his life. Where before he was very aimless, which was kind of like what they were showing in the first three episodes, where like he's just fucking fucking around with everybody, lying to everyone, being shifty and like doing sleazy shit left and right, you know, and like he's just kind of existing and going with the flow. Where like now he he has a purpose in life. Like even if he dies, mm. he died for a cause. Mm. That's very interesting, actually. That 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 you and I have a, a, al almost opposite. Uh, yeah. reactions to this where where I where I kind of saw it as like oh maybe I am like maybe I'm not sure and it's like almost like a front of confidence because and and it's almost like I kind of looked at it as like he's almost already trying to plan his escape out of this situation because he's always ran from situations yeah. and it's like will will this make him run or will this make him go further and further and it's it's good that you mentioned Nemec saying that I believe that he shares that belief. That's another thing that I, I just noticed that this is, I think, one of the first few mentions of someone talking about belief and stuff like that, which is I mean, what the force is connected to. Yes, but it also, like, Lutheran, that was the thing he was realizing. And wow, right. I was connecting with Cass, where he's like, the reason I chose you is because I feel like you feel the same as me. That our, like our, you, shared, you... our shared hatred for the Empire. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. But at the same time, the the fact that we both have different reads on it goes back yeah. to the point that like nothing is what like nothing seems yeah. like is, we is know what it seems. Yeah, it, it doesn't like we don't know where it's going. We don't know if anything's real. Right. We don't know who's playing who. Where like right. even if they're not doing it, I love the fact that like just from the vibe of the show, I've been had it the yeah. whole time. Like I, it, it's nothing else but the vibe of the show making me feel like oh, I I don't trust anybody. You know, everybody's right. out for the for their own. Like, mm. yeah. Well, that goes back to the main theme of uh, whether self-sacrifice or versus self-interest. Yeah. Where 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 are our characters going to land? Because we're still we're still unsure, and that's exactly. what makes them so intriguing. And and because they've they've shown to be flawed characters, all of them, yeah. where you are always unsure as a viewer, where you're like, I don't know whether they're going to land here or there. We'll, we'll, we'll just have to watch and find out. Like, that's one of the best things a show can do for you 
is build up that intrigue and mystery in not just the plot but also in the characters where obviously you need an in, um, uh, like a interesting plot but when you have characters where you're invested in and and you're not sure where they're going to land it makes the show so much better and so much more like uh, fascinating to wait for and to speculate on there's the game called the last of us and neil mm. druckman is the one the director of that game he wrote it also and he said something really interesting of like why he thinks that game works and mm. what makes it different from others and he's like simple story right interesting characters yes and that is what why the last of us like it's so different than other games because it's really works it's focusing so much on the characters the the story is go from a to b Yes. But what happens on the way, who they meet, how they interact with them, exactly. is what makes it one of the greatest video game stories of all time. Because everything means so much more. Where like it's not it's the old saying, it's not the destination, it's the journey. Yeah. yeah. And and which is one of the biggest things about uh go, just going back the original trilogy, A New Hope and especially Empire Strikes Back. The reason and this was the biggest complaint that people had with George Lucas is that he didn't realize what made Star Wars great when he made the prequels. He tried to do the opposite of what made it great, which was having a simple story, but really interesting characters based in a framework of like sci-fi fantasy, which is new to people and was interesting and fascinating to people, where he tried to take all the boring parts and try to make it bigger and take all the characters and make them as uh, one-dimensional and as like surface level as possible. I would argue though that like at least the Phantom Menace, maybe even the the Attack of the Clones, the story is pretty damn basic. <laughs> That's what right, shocked okay. me when I rewatched it. Whereas like uh, obviously, yeah, he, yeah. He, he went basic story, basic character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that he 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 did the worst worst thing in terms of going, even the going basic Phantom story. Phantom Menace is the characters start on one planet. They run yep. away to another planet, then they <laughs> go to a, a Senate, and then they come back to the first planet. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> it, 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 that's it. They kind of just like run, run away and come back. In between, they pick up a little boy that's pot racing. Yeah. Oh my God, that sounds so bad. <laughs> <laughs> But that's pretty much what it is. And right. then Attack oh, of the Clones is, half of it is just uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi learning about the clone facility. Yeah. So, so actually, going. if you if you, if you if you look at that 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 kind of a scene, and as like if that scene was in this story, it would have been so interesting for some reason or the other. Yeah. If you think about it, right? Yeah, this Obi Wan coming to a clone factory and and meeting these cool looking, weird looking aliens and learning about this thing just for a long time. That scene done in this show, I'm hundred yeah. percent sure it would have been so much more interesting. And so, so much more, like so much cooler to watch and to see, like the clones and like that basic shit would have made would have been so much more fascinating to see than it was even at all in in uh, whatever again Attack movie that was. There we go. <laughs> and yeah, so so yeah, so he was out of his element. And one thing I made to notice that he's back in the jungle now, from uh, from when he was a kid. To now, that's the parallels of. Uh, Forest, I feel. I, uh, yeah, and and I kind of made a small, quick note of like it goes back, and maybe there's a parallel of what he was as a kid trying to join the older kids going on that hunting mission. Yeah. He was like more excited, and he had intrigue, and he wanted to look cool, and now he's in this uh, thing where he's again 
that's where I felt got more fe- uh, feelings of like him being unsure because now he seems to be because he was always uh, like a scamming like people of his own type in Morlana, but now he seems to be around maybe a lot more seasoned people and a lot more ex- uh, a lot more focused people on like a, a fixed mission. And he's like, oh my god, where have I gotten myself into? Like I'm a thief and I can pilot a bunch of things, but am I really ready for this? And it, it's almost like he's that like amateur in in a world of experienced people. And when he was a kid, he was uh, he was naive and he didn't know what to expect, so he was just excited. And now he's like, dude, can I really do this, or do I need to like get out of here like I normally do in most situations? Also which is realized. which is what he mentioned as uh, that would be his choice in the first scene of the sh- of the episode where he tells Luthen, "You can just drop me off and I can run off from here." I also just realized first episode where there was no flashback. I think that's why I liked it a lot more. Yeah, that's true. Actually, there's no flashback. Did we? So did we need that kind of time for flashback? So we'll get into all that later, I guess. They're filling in his past as we go along. Where this time we found out that, like, yeah, when he was sixteen, he was in a war as a cook. So that I guess that's all we needed. We didn't really, uh, yeah. Right, but same time, like you said, if like what you're saying does make sense, it is very similar to him joining the group of the hunters. So, there's right the for the maybe for the first time he's in uh, he's back in that and he's back in the jungle as well, where they're sort of in like a base camp like he was when he was a kid, and maybe that's why we needed to see all the flashbacks. But uh, yeah, I you want to uh, elaborate on something, or should we just quickly get into a few things that we felt good, bad, or? Any questions we have? Yeah, let's slowly wrap so, this up. Right. The the so the episode wraps up just with that shot on his face of uh, whatever he was feeling, but it just held out on his face for a second. So it was sort of like the same shot that he had in at the end of episode three. Maybe they're just like holding holding on his face just to give it like a little more depth to the end to the end of the episode. You start Andor, with yeah. Endor the text, and then you end with exactly. Endor the face. There you go. So, uh, but it's maybe we're like, just looking it's too such much a, into like, it. And you're like, yeah. let's fucking go. Let's exactly. I'm you're like, okay, we're week. ready. Yeah. Yeah. And also, uh, one thing I just wanted to quickly mention was the plan that they mentioned is that they'll be their their entire heist plan is that they're gonna go steal the armory, uh, go up against the garrison, and use the whole celestial uh, moment as the as their getaway uh, escape route, where the distraction where it it's on for like a couple of uh, moments where they can go in and out without someone noticing if they're able to escape on time. That's the that's the plot and the heist that they're going to go forward with uh, later on. Let's see how it works and out. Yeah. Who's going Let's to, see how it works out. Are they out, all going exactly. to make it out? Is anyone going to double cross, crisscross? No. Ooh. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. Any other things you want to maybe note, uh, talk about uh, some things you may have liked, disliked? I think so we far. covered most of it during right? the breakdown. Like I said, I yeah. think my favorite type of scene was uh, still still in Starsguard getting into character. Yeah, the same. Joker hand movements. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. Great. Uh, the, for me, it was that and obviously the whole montage of Karn going back to his home. Those were the two standout moments for me. And uh, I'll, 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 I'll mention two things that I, I, I felt bad about, which is not bad with the episode, but with the show so far. Which is that the show starts off with uh, the first scene is him looking for his sister, right? 
And the first episode ends with showing us a very emotional scene of him leaving his sister behind. And then we get to know that that was the last moment that he saw his sister. So he was what, like maybe 10, 11 years old, 12 years old in that flashback. And now he's like 30 and he's still looking for his sister. We as the audience, that's the mission that he was on. And now he got sidetracked because of the cop situation that he fucked up those cops. And now he got sidetracked. We're now four episodes deep and he has not once mentioned anything about his sister, anything about regret, guilt, or his longing to meet his sister or any kind of urgency it's called, to look for her. It's called foreshadowing. To be fair, it's not like she just got lost on Friday and he's looking for her because if he can't doesn't find her, she's going to die. It's like he hasn't seen her in no. 20, 30, like 30 years and like he just no, my, is like no i i want to find her again or like maybe it's just something he's been doing on the site the whole time but like it it doesn't seem like a, it was his main ob object like it's not an urgent mission it's something that he wants to wanted to do on the site that like he just wanted to find a sister eventually but right now that doesn't like it he has way more important shit to do we're like no, but so it's my, set, my, set up and it's definitely i'm sure it's going to come into play eventually I, I agree with everything you said. My point is about uh, uh, more so about like the fact that like it seemed very important to him because he got himself into so much trouble by using the words canary to the prostitute at the brothel and all these things. Now, so my, my point is that throughout four episodes going through all of this, they could have very easily had him just say things like, I can't do this. I have to go find my sister. Or, I, you know, some mention that Hey man, I, I was looking for my sister and now I got into this mess. And while I'm trying to get out of this mess, I still need to go find my sister. Like, uh, like I, I personally, even though it doesn't take away from the show at all, I personally would have liked some kind of mention where, uh, if not urgency, but at least some kind of guilt or regret that he's feeling I, that, I, hey I man, you, I still haven't found my sister. I tell like you talking what it to Bix or Marva. It, it, I don't think it needs it because it plays totally into the spy thriller thing where like that's personal information that like the last time it came up he got into this mess and the more people know about you in this world what they're the way that they're playing it right now is the more vulnerable you're making yourself where yeah. like yeah he talked to marva for like 30 seconds where she he, she was yelling at him like what at what point was for, for he, saying the word canary and on top of that had he told her what he was doing she would have yelled at him even more because he's going out there being like i'm looking for a canary woman you know it's like mm. the last person he probably wants to talk about this but uh, like tell about this and then who right. can he really tell at this point it's it's something Bix, that is, maybe i i don't think it's needed it's it shows that they that cast from that planet that is still his thing that has not like marvel took him away from that he him like that's what those flashbacks were like him looking for right. his sister was trying to connect back to that world which he feels like he was taken away from and went to jail which also they dropped in here before he went to a war he was two years mm. in jail and like obviously his life has been absolute shit. and it's probably this the thing of like what would have happened had i not left canary what is if i had not left my sister but it's a personal mission, which, again, the, I don't think he has to tell anybody. It's something that later on when it comes up, like his father or something, these are vulnerabilities when you're a spy. Right. 
and these, mm. right now i was still i'm probably reading into it but i really hope that i'm not from the whole thing that like i don't think everybody is who they think who we think they are where mm. like there's going to be reveals of people having ulterior motives that like have right. been there from the beginning and it will put certain things into different perspectives yeah. so okay yeah that that's great um i'm glad that uh, you had a very good explanation for that where that 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 settles my thing for that and i'm glad you mentioned um uh, ulterior motives because that piggybacks onto my last point about there's not a bad thing this is a good thing where we're talking about um uh, a really good thing that i saw that how you mentioned about we don't know where the sh where the characters lie and who they are they might not seem as as it is where they're they're all flawed characters they're not like textbook where it's like this is the good guy a bad guy this is this this is that where it and and they all have similarities between we as audiences still aren't sure whether all these characters so i'm going to take cass uh, Karn and Mira, where we don't know whatever they're doing, are they doing it for the greater good? Or is it like a personal ulterior motive that they're using a situation as an excuse? So is Cass doing it? Is, is Cass doing it for Cass money? Cash money? <laughs> you wrote that down, did you? I wrote that down. <laughs> the moment I wrote it, I was like, is Cass doing it for cash money? And I laughed out so loud <laughs> to myself. Because <laughs> I didn't think of it. When I wrote it down, I realized it. Uh, or, like, or is he actually in it now to fight for the greater good? Was Karn uh, really trying to honor the and uh, the, defend the honor of the two cops that were murdered? And does he really think that that's a noble thing to do? Or does he have, like, either an ulterior motive or if it's like a self like an insecurity that they're trying to fulfill where is Cass trying to just do this for this or for that is Karn trying to do it to honor the two cops and do what's right or is he doing it out of some personal insecurity that he's projecting and same with now Mira where is is that she she tells the chief hey I'm just looking for the star path unit finder because I I have a hunch that there is coordinated attacks of an organized rebellion we as the audience know she's right, but everyone else thinks she's just coming up to jump to conclusions. She's only doing this just to climb up the corporate ladder. So we still don't know what her, uh, what any of their actual motives are for all these main characters yeah. that we're introduced to. And that's and I think what that's keeps kind it of intriguing because yes. you keep wondering and each, yeah. scene or each new event makes you think right. maybe it's something else. Like right. I said, but that, that's why like Luthen is like the big like beacon of being like right look this guy is so wishy-washy and shit right be on your toes with everybody exactly and, and we've shown and all the other characters have shown to be wishy-washy in their own right so we actually believe anytime they go here or there we kind of believe and we kind of have our doubts at the same time where uh yeah you're right uh, it's 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 it keeps it so much more interesting and and while we're waiting to see where they uh, land as characters, the the interesting thing is that the story keeps moving along. Yeah, it's not that the story stops at any moment. Every character, every scene, and every character moment that we have is moving the story along. And so every time we're like, "Is this character going to land here or there?" Because now they're suddenly in a new, in a in a progressive state of the story, and we're like, "Oh, now what are they going to do? Now what are they going to do?" And they do something, and we're like. Oh, okay, that kind of solved my doubts. And it's like, oh, that kind of made me concerned or worried again, where I don't know if they're actually saying what they're right or maybe, yeah. 
I think the fact so, that we have a unreliable, not narrator, but protagonist in terms of yes. where we he's been caught lying by us once, well, actually, probably a couple of times, if you want to think about him lying to Mara about mentioning the Canary. To and, everyone. Yeah, he's generally like, a, you can't trust him. He's a liar and a scoundrel. We have right. the only time we really had a moment where... He could have been vulnerable and we could have seen the real version of him is when he was with uh, B2 Emo, where like BYOB. He had no reason to pretend or lie or something to that robot. But right. even then, we didn't get too much of it. But like that would be right. out of all the situations we've seen him in, that, that was probably the only time we could have seen him be actually who he is because right. he's like he's multi faced, you know, a, a different right. person for every scenario. Right. The only good thing we've seen him do for another person is saving Luthen in that warehouse action scene. Everything else he has done with every other person has negatively impacted them. I have not seen him do one good person, one good thing for another person. And that goes back to, I had a question and it felt bad, but it also kind of goes into the, sh the character that they are writing. So I have to give them the benefit of the doubt where it's like, uh, I haven't seen him shown a, any kind of regret over the things he's done to the people on Morlan, Morlana, the situations he put them through because of his nonsense, and now he's was, just fleed off to another place. That reminded me there was even, he almost did something good where like when he's t uh, taking the part from the junkyard and the, the guy with the dog comes and he's like yo I'll, I'll give you some of the money you know i'll hook you up with right. the cash and he's like don't even give me your money just get the hell out of here just, yeah, like, just take that thing and just leave <laughs> you know because like, he's like dude i don't want to get in, get involved with all your nonsense i know yeah. where this is going to lead just yeah. get the hell out of here so like and he that, know he knows cast really well yeah so i actually that I, I, I like that yeah you're totally right. right i don't think we've seen him do anything besides that that was like to show that like he is not a terrible human being he's just a yeah. person in a certain environment in a certain situation and and, and, he, and he's just been brought up in like uh, hard situations where yeah. he's just become like a lone survivor from place to place to place to place and like he's, we find out where he's not been fighting he was just a cook and he ran just to survive he's like the solo han solo from solo but like done oh, that's in a more serious darker way yeah. where like he had you know scoundrel yeah. who's been in the left right in the and he war can pilot, and like, he steals and yeah and like you know but like it's done so differently which is kind of really cool to see i i mentioned they that could, i think they in could the have first, been in the same war episode. like that war that solo is in yeah. that could be the war that Cass is running away from yeah i agree i think i mentioned that in the first episode as well where it just seems so much like what they they may have wanted to do with han solo but uh like just a real gritty version of who Han Solo is introduced to us as a, as a seasoned but, uh, smuggler. When, when are we going to get the Poe Dameron show? Oh my God, dude. They've given this stuff. guy the whole Han Solo treatment. They should have given this to Poe Dameron to an extent. But he would have He's, been way more like flashy and shit, not so yeah, dark and serious. Exactly. But, but I think I still, that's the thing. I, I, I just, I love, I love Oscar Isaac and I think he was done very dirty with that role. I totally agree with you. I love Oscar Isaac so much and all the things I've seen him do. Such a great actor and, and he's, they just, and I mean, they introduced him really well in The Force Awakens and then it's like they didn't do anything with that and you're like, come on, man. This was supposed to be the clearly the new Han Solo. They've tried two new Han Solos now 
where it's Poe Dameron first and then young Han Solo, but it's a new character and they messed up both. And now Cassian is the, is the third try and it's the third charm. The uh, third one's a charm where it's like, okay, this is Han Solo, but he's, uh, he's just Hispanic. Okay. Just, just get on with it. The dark solo rises. <laughs> the dark, the dark solo rises. That's what, that's what, oh my God. So I, I had a, yeah. Okay. I'll, we'll get, we'll, I'll get into that. We should write that on the dark solo. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah man i think that should be it for this episode i think we covered i it think so well. yeah i think yeah. we both agree it was a great episode and mm -hmm. we totally also are on the same page that it works totally as a standalone weekly episode yes. um i hope they keep it up i hope yeah. some of our predictions come true i hope yeah we see more worlds and th they keep it fresh and so far i'm 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 totally in i'm i'm ready for episode right. five you have me, me too. and this might be some of the best Star Wars content we've had we've had since the Mandalorian and it's going to be interesting by the end to like compare the two and if it keeps this quality up to yeah. we see like I, Mandalorian will still be great but like comparing the two like it might not be I like be this a, better yeah so far I think it, it has a way better start the beginning of right. Mandalorian was pretty rough where right. it was like oh we're doing monster of the week but like you have this huge right. setup in episode one and like what are we even doing what, what is the show and then like how, right in between there's an episode where it's like oh no but like that main plot device is still very important and then we go back to mm -hmm. monster of the week and then at the very end they wrap it up and you're like okay so there was a story that was three episodes worth and then a bunch right. of like hopping around where like yeah. season two was then amazing because they finally combined the two where like it was still monster right. of the week but it was moving the plot forward and it was bringing right. in really, really interesting parts of the Star Wars universe where this, yeah. it feels just like, like a more singular vision where it seems like they thought this up. It, it this seems, is like, yeah. It, it reminds Sorry me more of something like Breaking Bad where like when mm. they started writing Breaking Bad, they knew how it was going to end. And right. I get the feeling here where we know it's going to end in Rogue One, but I think they also know what the end of episode, the final episode of this show is going to be. And right. they're working their way towards, backwards, towards that, which right. at least, I don't know if that's true, but it gives me that feeling because it seems so thought out. It seems like yeah. you said, where like it, it gives us doubts just to clear it and give us other things to question. And right. that's good writing. That's what keeps you interested. Yeah. You give some people <clears throat> like things to feel satisfied that you were there you had the question you were there for the right but like you also don't make it that like now we you know everything and like yeah. this this is it like raises new setup. questions now that that that, yeah. that and, and and not in like uh like an annoying way where it's like oh now we have new questions to answer like what yeah, the hell it's we just very answered. organic like you said it's, yeah it's very it's it's like i was just gonna say like how it's 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 literally like uh it's just like a regular a spy thriller show that you would have like yeah. like how someone just thinks of like you said breaking bad or like you just think of like a show and it's just got star wars attached to it and and the fact that they've been able to uh, uh, like mandalorian was a start to good star wars back to good star wars and i think this has taken it a step further where it's like this is like a real gritty version of mandalorian but like a full thought out uh, plot characters and now it's like now how do we put them in star wars where it's like yeah. they have a show, they have everything written, and it's like, but it's not. And and uh, while I'm saying this, it all I don't want people to think like it's also not in the way where it's like, 
it was a spy thriller script which they're dropping into star wars universe it's like everything is integrated together so perfectly where it's like it's literally just like a grounded serious uh spy thriller drama in star wars and i i don't know even saying those words make it sound like weird but they've managed to combine those all those elements it's just and, and found, keep it amazing they found this beautiful balance of doing something right. completely new in terms of in right. star wars where in not just it's the themes the looks the characters the storytelling all of right. it is so fresh for star wars but at the same time at no point ever are you like this is not star wars like this does not belong right. in this universe like this doesn't exactly. make sense for everything that has come before and that is such a hard balance i'm sure is right like to hit like hats off Dude, and it's great given the amount of star wars content there is and the amount of uh fluctuating star wars content there in terms of like what kind of not just good and bad but what kind of content like you said it, it is amazing that they've able to balance all this out and introduce all the elements like we're only in episode four now like first i was like okay three episodes that all seem the same thing in just one location right with just a couple of here here and there that just seemed like sort of blade runner but with star wars attached to it now it's like we're getting introduced to so much actual star wars stuff and it's like how are they man how have they managed to do this where it's not feeling out of place at all other than that that one scene like everything about the characters the look the story every single thing is so perfectly blended together that uh yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing like where all these i don't even care how the plot goes because we sort of know how the main character is going to end at some point but i'm just interested in seeing all these new i never thought i would be interested in new characters named with all these funky star wars names but uh here we are i'm like super into it i'm like i can't wait to see where what luthan's up to i can't wait to see what happens to mon mothma obviously i can't wait to see what happens to karn my yeah. favorite dude like in in any recent show like, i don't think i've been so interested in a new character remember in any recent show they were you went from being like as Karn a terrible actor to being like he's yes. my favorite guy in the show now and and it's like it's like the fact that we questioned is he a terrible actor was by design that's the yeah. perfect part about it it's not like oh he 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 looked like a bad actor in the beginning but he sort of picked up it's like even that moment of bad acting is karn the character acting in that scene he's trying to act like a cool soldier when now we know that he's not that he's just like the sad sap who's just trying to look cool and that's why he came across as a bad actor because even in real life he couldn't portray it as as much as he tried to yeah. and it's amazing that they have me hooked like that with a they've already done a full arc from there to now with a villain who we thought would be like the cool villain he would be like the sith type villain he's like this this dude you know? <laughs> and you're yeah. like oh i feel so bad for him and you see like all these imperials white collared imperials are like oh okay and uh yeah man it's 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 pretty great i like i'm i'm looking forward to episode 5 i think all the debate between uh 1 versus 3 episodes at a time and all that i think that can be put to rest i think we're on board with each episode obviously we have to wait and see how the next episode goes but so far i think uh, i i'm going to give them uh, the benefit uh, to say that they'll they'll accomplish it properly and i still think the first three episodes had to be dropped together that had to be by design oh yeah 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 And my my only question now is like did they need two episodes all three or two yeah you have a good point with that one 
So, so far, I think two episodes would have been fine because like, it's like we didn't need to spend an hour and a half in that one place going through so much detail and so much character stuff that well, you don't know. Cause yeah. That's, well, yeah, that, that's my thing where I'm going to give them the best because especially now that we know that the Imperials are searching for the star path and they might go back to more, we're definitely going to go back to Morlana and how Bix and Marva and all these people interact with the new characters. We already know how those people feel. We don't have to uh, see all that happen in the later episode. So, uh, yeah, yeah, man. And uh, another thing was the last thing was that um, what was I saying? I completely forgot it, but it's okay. <laughs> well, maybe you'll remember it before episode five. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think that's our thoughts so far for this episode. Um, like I said, we, I think we both really like it. Um, yeah. I think we both can't wait for episode five. So let's see how that goes. So Yeah, I can't wait for episode five. That's true. In the meantime, why don't you sign us out so that we can come back here soon enough and do episode five? Because I can't wait. Yes, I can't wait either for episode five. I am so pumped. Um, I just have, I'm going to leave uh, the viewers with just those questions of whether uh, all those episodes were important or all that stuff. And you guys can chew on that later on. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you tune in for the next few uh, for for all the next episodes. And uh, click subscribe, ring the notification bell, uh, rate us, leave comments, do all that jazz. We want all of it. And uh, thanks for listening. This is your host Root and Shubs signing out. Peace, everybody. Peace out. Take care, everyone. Thank you.